And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Realverse World. How y'all doing, you motherfuckers? Um, today is a good day. Uh, great podcast recording, whatever you want to call it, episode um, that we did with a guy that I didn't know prior to this. My homie Chris introduced me to him, um, and I was excited to get him on the show because this motherfucker co-founded... He co-founded ShareGrid, which is like the most, the easiest fucking way to get a hold of a camera in most cities. I've used this a shit ton of times. So as someone that founded the company, I was like, hell yeah, I want him on the podcast. And then I found out that this guy is a beast ass DP. If you do not know what a DP is, it's a director of photography. That means that this guy shoots a lot of shit and he has a resume that is thick like dumb thick i talk about it in the podcast but i had no idea that this dude was fucking killing it and then also killed it on top of killing it with being an entrepreneur um so it was exciting it was cool to talk to him he's worked with like i have his his resume pulled up here and definitely go to his website and check it out because it's like it's like three pages long with like really really tiny font but like just scrubbing through nike converse um bravo he's worked with hbo he's worked with mtv he's worked with a&E, Snapchat, Nick Jr., fucking like Canon. He's worked for so many, so many different companies, different artists, whatever it is. Um, big and small, this guy has been killing it for years. So I'm really pumped on this story. I really am excited to share it. There's a lot to learn in here. We also started a, uh, at the end of the episode, we cut at the, at the end and I switch over to our Patreon channel. Um, to do a Patreon Q&A experience. So I asked him several other questions. I, our community was able to ask him questions, so I asked him there. So definitely make sure to check that out. If you're not a Patreon supporter already, patreon.com slash cream. There's so many other perks inside of it too. We have uh, a private Discord channel where we're communicating on uh, several different topics. The Discord, that's where you can ask questions to the guests. So if you wanna ask our future guest questions, I'll let you know that who's coming in advance so you can do that there. There's so many f- solid ass perks. We just updated the Patreon. So definitely take a look at Patreon. We really appreciate you guys supporting that. Um, and we have merch shop bwnc.com. So that's it. Um, if you're new to black window cream, essentially black window cream is the shit and you should already know about it. But if you don't, uh, it's like the illest content creator community on earth. That's what we do. We have a Facebook group that's private over 5,000 members right now. Um, and it's thriving. Everyone's in there sharing content. They're asking for feedback, sharing tips and tricks. Um, just the goal to be the best. That's what everyone's goal is. And so everyone pushes each other to become the best. So if you want to be a part of you know, that experience, we're, we're continuing to grow and build it right now in 2019. We have a lot of goals to set. That's why the Patreon is very key because it helps us do that shit. Um, but definitely take a look at joining, which is bwnc.com slash join. We'd love to have you. Please join. That's it. If you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave comments in YouTube and reviews on iTunes and share it to somebody. Share it to anybody. I would love that. And if if you have any takeaways, I would highly suggest you write those down. At least give me three and then just toss them up on your Instagram story and tag me and Brent and Black Window Cream so we can see what you guys said. I would love to know what you guys took away from this episode. All right, cool. That's it. Uh, Let's hop into this episode. Um, But I have to start it with the illest intro right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die
Do you want to live? Yeah! You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes <gasps> to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we are back with another Black with no cream podcast. Brent Barbano. How do people normally pronounce it when they try? That's right. I said yeah, it right. I, I stopped correcting people a long time ago. It's it's Barbano. Yeah. But uh, I went to Italy a long time ago, and I showed people in Italy my ID, and I was like, "How do you pronounce this last name?" <laughs> and they were like, "Barbano, Barbano." <laughs> And I was like, all right. So then I just stopped correcting people after that because... Barbano. Yeah. But it's just like, I guess when my relatives came over in Ellis Island, they just... Switched it up. Yeah, whatever. In America, they just decided that it's Barbano. But with the way it's spelled, it should be Barbano, so... Barbano. Whatever as, you like. as, as I read it off screen, that's what yeah, that's what I get. Whatever you feel. Um, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. We are new friends now. Yes. Uh, we just met maybe 10 minutes ago, so that's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got to introduce you introduced to you to you from my homie Chris mm-hmm. and he's living in New York he mm-hmm. just helped me on a Jay-Z job which was dope mm-hmm. um, and then he's just he just emailed me he's like yo my friend co-founded uh, ShareGrid and he's dope at being a DP you should get him on the podcast I was like duh Loot me in, bro. <laughs> yeah. So and two for that, one. Literally, like a week later, you're here on the show. So thanks for coming through, man. Yeah, you caught me at a, a week where I was just kind of catching up on stuff, so it worked out. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible because, uh, as we were talking about before, your resume I got it pulled up here, and it's just the dumbest, longest list of the illest oh. shit on earth. Like it doesn't look. <laughs> I like, crammed a lot in there. I've figured out how to put as much text as possible. As po- on, it's on a so page. much, so much text. It's probably. Some of it I could probably get rid of because I think it goes back pretty far now. It's incredible. It's like not relevant. It's pretty dope. It's it's cool Thank to you. see all your accomplishments, dude. You've Thank you've you. worked Thank on you. so many fucking major projects as a DP, and I don't know shit. That's exciting. But when I looked at them, like, when do you have time? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. Um, yeah. It's 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 it was it was it was good until ShareGrid. And then once I started doing share Do a grid, company. Yeah, that's when like that's when things got a little hairy and I had to kind of figure out how to manage yeah. manage my time because um, you know, I didn't go to business school. Right. I, I don't have an MBA. Yeah. I feel like I do now. I think I have more than an MBA because of Real World. Yeah, I just doing share grid for so many years, but I didn't before. And so uh, and neither did my other two co founders. So we were just that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I had my experience in the film industry to bring, uh, and, and as an artist, and they had their experience in the e-commerce world. They worked at a at a um, tech company in, oh, in Silicon Valley. So yeah, so they knew how to work a marketplace and and um, build a marketplace online. So I think between my brain and their brains, I mean, we we were able to kind of figure it out. But yeah, I I didn't know how to do it in the beginning, so there's a lot of wasted time. <laughs> there's a lot of like guessing and, and figuring out as you go. And then also ShareGrid for the longest time wasn't paying me and we weren't making any money through right. ShareGrid because every dollar we made through ShareGrid went right back into the company. Yeah. Um, cause for our first two years we weren't funded yet. We mm. didn't have, um, we didn't raise any capital. So we were like bootstrapped, self-funded. And so I was also trying to shoot, you know, keep my momentum going as a DP. So I was traveling the world, like literally taking customer service emails sometimes while I'm like in Europe on a shoot <laughs> or like dealing with 
you know this is so good new yeah it was it was it was unhealthy though it was it got it got bad actually there was a couple times where i was on set and you know when you're on set it's like go 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 and nothing else in the world matters like it's no like you can't life's frozen. which is i think kind of crazy now but um but you're not supposed to be on your phone right, right? like you're either supposed to be like operating or shooting or working and yeah. if you're on your phone it kind of looks bad uh even as a dp i was on my phone so much um, people started like a couple times people would joke with me they knew like my friends if i was on set they 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 knew early on what i was doing yeah and i was working on a company um but we didn't hire anyone to do um marketing or to do customer service yet it was all us mm. it was like literally just actually four of us there's technically three co-founders but there's a fourth guy that i kind of consider to be a co-founder because he was pretty much from the beginning so it was just the four of us and so yeah i had to take these emails i had to take these phone calls sometimes but to and, a client that could look like like the client doesn't care what the <clears> fuck you're doing outside right. of shooting and creating it's like right that i'm sure they don't maybe care. even if i was like hey I'm, I'm working on my business they don't care yeah. like, why you're you're here to do this job yeah. why you're doing it so yeah there's a couple of times where there's a couple of days where i just i did not i wasn't proud of myself but right I, you know got through it yeah it, there were easier jobs if there were hard jobs i put my phone away but if there's like a on a studio green screen kind of job and right. talent is getting ready and you're just kind of chilling it's yeah, no it's problem. Okay. Yeah, it's okay, but it just doesn't look good if you're doing it all day. Totally. How many people, starting with three, four people mm-hmm. now, where are you guys at? Uh, employee-wise? Yeah, employee-wise. Oh, we're hiring again. I think we're up to 18. Damn. I think. That's full crazy. Full-time. That's and dope. There's a couple other like um, contracted people and, and yeah. interns as well. So at this point, there's enough people. Maybe yeah. Maybe calm your life down a little bit. It's Yeah, it's dramatically changed. I mean, yes and no, because we grew. Yeah. So it's like the workload lightened, but it didn't lighten that much because mm. there's a lot. I mean, back then, our first couple of years, we were dealing with maybe 10,000 members, maybe. And in the first six yes. months in LA, it was less than that. Right. So it was like, it was, it was manageable. Um, now we're up to over 70,000. And, and then, but, but, but we're in the States, we're, we're national now. We're not just, right. in, we used to just do communities. We were in LA and New York and. Atlanta, San Francisco, so on. And now we're just, you know, Topeka, Kansas, wherever, yeah. wherever you can join share yeah. and, and use it. So that creates a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's, I mean, I feel like we're at the beginning stages of where you guys were at doing that with this because it is self-funded and very time consuming. And yeah. you, it is so much trial and error trying to design something that you have in your head. It's just like getting it all out. Yeah. And it's so distracting too. Cause it's like, nothing else really matters at that point and you're building it. But now looking at it, do you feel like you've learned enough that you could go back and skip some steps if you had to start it over or right now, when you guys get into new avenues where maybe there's a roadblock, is it a little easier to solve stuff because you guys have kind of d- designed a pattern or designed a way to work together, like where it's be- become a little bit more seamless because I feel like you guys probably start off crossover jobs. Like everyone's doing everything. It, it gets messy that way, but I think you guys have kind of like lined it in now versus the beginning. Yeah. I think we've learned a lot. I mean, you have to fail a lot too. Like we, tr- like I said, trial and error. We mm. tried a lot of different things at different, different responsibilities for different people, um, different initiatives and, uh, some of it worked and some of it didn't. Right. So, you know, I think nowadays if like, if I could go back and do it, do it over again, yeah, it would be, it'd be a little more streamlined for sure. Um, do you, do you, what would you say is your percentage right now at this current point 
DPing and working on ShareGrid? Well, it's interesting because um, July of 2016 was when we um, decided, or at least for me, we had finally raised money from two, two investors, which was awesome. Um, and the agreement was, was once we raised our investment, we had to quit our jobs and go full time. Like, right. Now there's money involved, and now it's the thing. It's real now. Yeah, it's super a, real. Now it's a. It had been real, but now it's really real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're hiring people. We're moving fast. Uh, we're moving into an office. I, I, I stayed in L.A., but we we're moving into an office in Seattle. Um, that's where we're based out of. Now. Got it. And so yeah, to give this thing a, 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 a shot, we have to give it 110%. So in July of 2016, I actually kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, hung my gloves. I, I kind of like took a break from shooting. Yeah. Um, because I, I couldn't, I had to, I, we were now giving ourselves a, a salary, not a good salary, but something, um, to, to focus on share grid. And so for July, 2016 till about the fall of 2018, um, I was full time on ShareGrid, and just now recently, I've let up a little bit because, like you kind of touched on, we have a good team. We're a fairly well oiled machine now. Um, I can kind of start to take jobs again and, and shoot, and I'm still doing a lot of stuff with ShareGrid, of course, but it's it's not like what it was when, it, when we first started. So, yeah. so yeah. So to answer your question, um, you know, I'd say. 2016 to 2018, it was it was 99% share grid or 95%, and then a little bit of whenever I could sneak in a shoot, I would on the weekend. Uh, but now I'd say it's it's you know 60 40 share grid. Sure, you know, nice. That's but, a good mix. But but if I get a job, like I have a job in a couple of weeks in Atlanta, I'm mm. going to be gone for the week. I'm right, gonna, I'm going to go do that. And now when you do go, <clears> is it set up in a way where you can really focus on the job, or are you still having to multitask like you were? Uh, no, I can focus on the job. Yeah, yeah, that's we, good. we've got, we've got the team, but it's like it's an addiction too. Like I don't like to step away. Yeah. I, it's terrible. It's so like, much shit happens in one week or three days. Yeah. Like I'll go on vacation and like, I was like, I've, you know, my girlfriend and I like to travel and we do some like international stuff. Like I was in Cuba two years ago and where it's like, they don't have internet. Right. right? And like, I still managed somehow to find wifi to like deal with share grid stuff. <laughs> she was not happy. Yeah. With me. I bet. She was not, it was for her birthday. She was not oh, happy. Fuck. No, I was, I was a good boyfriend. It was yeah. just like a couple times. Like I had to handle a couple things. It's but hard. Yeah, it's it's an addiction. Right. You don't want to. It's like your baby. It's like yeah. your baby sleeping. Like you want to make sure she's okay. Right. No. One hundred percent. So. So going back, I guess let's go back. I want to see how. I mean, how you got everywhere. And I like to kind of sure we're here, but I want to know how did you get into creating? Was it mm. were you were you shooting as a kid? Like when did you start picking up a camera? I was a late bloomer. Yeah. I wish I could say like that cheesy line or like ever since I saw my grandfather's whatever camera I picked it. I, I don't, I don't have that story. Yeah. I barely knew how to operate a camera in high school. Wow. I also didn't have the resources. Like my, my high school didn't have any film audio or video audio class. I didn't have any friends that were that interested into it. Right. So, and I also like, I didn't grow up with like my family was, my parents were wonderful, but we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So like we didn't, I didn't have the internet for a long time. Yeah. And, like, uh, so I didn't have a camera growing up. Um, actually that's not true. I did finally get a video camera, but I just did film stupid things with my friends, you know, same, <laughs> like just <laughs> Hell yeah. really dumb things. Um, but 
uh, I still knew, like I, I knew in high school and way before that, that like I wanted something to do with film. Yeah. Um, I was always renting movies and like reading books and just loved the process and I loved the visual side of it. And I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know what the word cinematography meant. I just knew that I liked the camera and the visuals and the lighting of cinema. Right. So by the time I got to high school, I figured it out. I knew what cinematography meant. And so when I was applying for colleges, I, that's what I was looking for. Um, but I think I really like my, you know, I cut my teeth in, in college. Like I, I really learned like how to expose properly. Like what is an F-stop or a T-stop? What is, uh, you know, light, how do you light a face? Right. Um, like basic, basic one-on-one stuff, editing, right? Like yeah. pacing, all that stuff. Um, and so I think college would be in shape, but truth be told, even after college, I came out here and I, it was like, it was like starting over. Yeah, man. It's a whole new world out here. Yeah. Cause yeah. you were, you were in New York for college. Yeah. I, so I'm born and raised in Syracuse. Right. And, but I went to Syracuse university as well. Got it. Uh, which actually has two film schools. It's kind of cool. They have a, um, they have an art film school in college of visual and performing arts and they have a television, radio and film major in like their, in Newhouse, which is a communication school. Oh, now Newhouse is like, nationally renowned it's one of the best communication schools in the world like like every broadcast every broadcast journalist from espn that you love went there sure it's like it's they're one of the one of the best right um and like writers and directors and stuff some producers come from there but vpa is like this small little art house kind of like um creative college and uh i was debating between the two of them and a lot of people were like, well, if you want to do like art, you want to do like cinematography and lighting and camera work, you got to do VPA. So I went to VPA in Syracuse and then I minored at Newhouse to kind of get that name in my resume. Right. Because it's like, yeah, you know, it's a good look. People like people like legitimately, they call it the Newhouse Mafia out here. Like if they see you're, you went to Newhouse on your resume, you're, you're hired. Oh, shit. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to do a minor there and just do that. Yeah. Uh, but, no, but they had really good classes too. So I, I did both, you know, real world um, classes at Newhouse and then like the art approach hmm. in cinematography and, and visual and performing arts. That's dope. So I kind of did both. Um, but what pushed you into yeah. like coming into high school, you're like, Oh, I, I found out what being a cinematography what, or what that is. Yeah. Wh- how, what, what poison, like, is it your family or was there anything that like, were they pushing movies on you or what made you interested in movies? You just, Oh, um, I don't know, man. I don't, I just, I just was addicted. Yeah. I just loved it. I don't right. know. I think I just, I, I've always had a, an imagination. I've always been pretty creative mm-hmm. and I could always, I would write short stories all the time and, and like, like this sounds cheesy, but like come up with like elaborate movies with like my GI Joes and yep. like, you know what I mean? I like, did with my Legos. Yeah. Legos too. Absolutely. And action figures. Right. So I just always, I had been doing that for years, probably until I was too old and I was still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like 17 years old mm-hmm. and playing with GI Joes. No, not that old, but like I was old and, uh, I just realized I love storytelling yeah. in some way, in some way, some shape or form. And when I went to college, I don't think I knew for a fact that this was going to be it. I went to college actually for what I think the purpose of college is, which is to explore, like to figure out, is this what I want to do? What is it that I want to do? What speaks to me? Let's spend four years and figure this out. So I went to Syracuse with this open mind of maybe I will hate this. Maybe I will, maybe this is not for me, but Mm. this is, this is where I explore. 
and it and you know, and it's expensive, so you you better explore because yeah. you know there's going to be debt after this. So, uh, but within like the first semester, and like and, and it was a film school, so we were actually working with 16 millimeter film. Oh, crazy! Back then, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, within the first semester, I was I was like, oh yeah, I think this is this is for me. Like That's cool. just getting that high off of yeah. like, you know right. shooting something, and then like it looks beautiful and you know, well, it was film, so we couldn't watch it, but knowing that you captured something, yeah, yeah. or then at least when you look at the dailies later and you can see it and that high of just like capturing something pretty, yeah. especially on celluloid, I was like, oh my God. This Game is, over. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's an interesting turning point when you become so obsessed with it because I'm trying to remember what it was for me. Like I remember always having cameras and like always playing film and shitty movies with my friends mm -hmm. that we just like edited in tape. And mm -hmm. then, uh, I think there was, there was like a, a Lego program that you could get like this program and you could do like stop motion. Like it taught you how to use your, like no a way. point and shoot camera somehow and do stop motion. We'd like move the legs and it would like teach you how, and we could make like these quick, like little yeah. sequences. Yeah. And I was like blown away by that. Yeah. So then, I, I mean, I'm like seeing what I would do with my hands and then letting it go. And it's on my, whatever we, I don't remember what it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. but something about that, like hooked me, like being able to make a PowerPoint, like to music or something like, you yes. know what I mean? Just like slideshows. I was like, yes. wow, this is amazing. But at some point, I don't know what it was because my family wasn't like constantly watching movies and stuff. But I think like I, somehow it's easy to trip into this through friends or whatever. But then there's so many, so many different resources out there, like going to Barnes mm -hmm. and Noble and just going to the film section, which was like this oh, yeah. big in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> That's where no, I'm from. Same. I, same. Yeah. yeah. But I would just gobble up books. But then, so you'd say into college, you started learning more about it and then once you got hooked, did you start thinking like, Oh, this is how I will make money. And this is stuff. Or was it more art based? Like you were just like, man, I have these passions. I want to make these films. So yeah, good question. Because in, in again, but sorry, but back to the schools at Syracuse and VPA, it was about an artist. They were not teaching you anything about making a career out of this. In fact, they would like make fun of the idea of making money from this, which yeah. is like, it's hilarious right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, sorry guys, if they're watching, but uh, <laughs> it is like we, we, you need, I'm not trying to, say we need to be rich, but let's survive, yeah. you know? Right. Um, and there was no support in terms of teaching you how to make a career out of this, just develop as an artist. Whereas Newhouse was the complete opposite. Newhouse, um, that communication school was like, okay, we're going to teach you like the art of it, but like give you practical knowledge of right. how to network and how to, how to build relationships and how does the industry work and how do you, you know, make a living out of this. So would it talk about the industry, like as in the <clears throat> film industry or yeah, was it film just and TV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so, it. so, so it was nice. It was like you know, left and right brain almost from these two schools, um, and I got both. Yeah. Um, so I, I forgot the question, but I think I, I think what I was getting at was that <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, you know, I used both those schools to kind of get either both the art side out of it and also the practical knowledge. But was that like? Was that a necessity for you? You knew, oh. like, oh, they're teaching me too much about art, but I need to, I want to make this my career. I need to make money. Like, how, was that just, you just, it just happened? Or, like, that's how it was set up? Or was that path suggested to you? Because you could have just gone up in the one school and only studied the art side of it. Right. And, and then have a real big struggle coming out of it. But what, you know, what actually made you do the split and go, I'm going to try to learn business side savvy things here so I can that, kind of parlay both of them. Realizing that a year in, I was, I was limiting my, myself. I was, I, I realized, I think a year into college that I'm just going to come out of this like as an artist mm. and, and, and that's fine. And, and I actually know a lot of, um, 
fellow classmates that went to just the art school and they're doing great. They're doing yeah. fine. And, but I wanted, you know, to take advantage of the four years and get right. that practical knowledge as well of like how to, yeah, how to network and totally. how, to, how to make a resume, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Simple things. Um, and so it was like within a year, I don't remember. I was probably talking to a lot of people and professors. I knew professors at, at, at Newhouse as well. So like, I, I think just talking, I was like, oh yeah, I need this experience. Right. So it, I knew it was like a necessity to, to get that knowledge. So then how long after when you complete college, how long were you there for? Four years? Mm-hmm. So when you finished school, did you, cause you moved, you've lived out in LA for a while, right? Yeah, it'll be 12 years next month. Nice. Yeah. Damn. Just scary to say. That is crazy. Yeah. Time flies, man. <laughs> when you're starting companies and killing yeah. it. <laughs> well, hey, 12 years is, yeah. It doesn't feel like it. Right. Um, would, so when you moved out here, what time, what time frame was that <clears throat> after getting out of school? Uh, a month. We, oh shit. We graduated in May. Um, they always graduate us on Mother's Day in May. Um, and then actually what's funny is. We had a feature being shot in Syracuse, of all places. Um, like, I'm not kidding. Like, we graduated on a Sunday. That Monday was first day of production. And um, it was a visiting artist, a visiting director from is- um, Israel. Okay. Who was with us that semester. Who was he, was, he was like, he's a really big director in Israel, apparently. Um, and he was shooting a feature in Syracuse. And he was a visiting artist. And so, a visiting professor for the semester. And they were like, okay, you know, seniors and grad students and even juniors, um, once the semester's over, you know, you guys can be a crew. We'll we'll crew, we'll we'll put you on this feature for experience. So I was like, hell yeah, this is great. I get to be on a feature, like literally the day after graduation. Um, So I was a best boy electric for a month or no, I was like, no, I was like 21 days, I think, of, of shooting. No. They got you. They got us. Yeah. They, that, that was a whole other thing. They yeah. were, it was smart on them because they were like, they knew if they saved some money, they could save some money by hiring like, okay, not great, but right. okay local talent yeah. and me and everyone else. Um, and just get kick ass keys, like a really good gaffer, a really good key grip. Yeah. You know what I mean? A really good first AC, AD, et cetera. And all these department heads from New York, everyone came up from New York city and they told them like, Hey, we had to cut some corners. We had to save some money. You're going. You're going to have film students as your crew, not all your crew, but some of your right. crew. And well, I think they paid them a little bit more. Too. Yeah, I bet they did. Yeah. Just to kind they, of help like, them out a little like, bit. Sorry, guys. Like, you're, <laughs> but it was. I mean, to be honest, it was awesome. Like, I I still talk to him. Actually, I haven't talked to him in a minute. But Darren was my this guy. Darren was my gaffer, and he's so talented. That's crazy. And he just took me under his wing for like 21 days and just taught me like so much about lighting. Um, so it was weird. Like I was, I was expecting to fly out to LA or no, I'm sorry, drive out to LA probably a week or two after graduation. And then when I got that offer to do the feature, I was like, yeah. So I, it's just weird to look back that my first feature was in Syracuse, Syracuse. New York, which is, which is not weird to say anymore because there's this crazy tax incentive in New York. And like, I just saw an article today. I think it was today. From Syracuse.com, there are two features being shot in Syracuse as we speak. Oh, wow. They were like a, a kitty corner from each other in downtown Syracuse. So, like, there's been, I think there's about 10 to 13 projects a year that are shot there. Shit. So, for me, it's like, and I, and what sucks is I got offered to shoot one last year, and I had to turn it down because of ShareGrid. Uh, so, I'm hoping that another one comes up. That'd be pretty dope. 
Yeah, just to like shoot a feature in my hometown. Um, yeah. I, I've only shot film student stuff there. I've never done anything professionally there. Right. Um, that would be pretty special. That's sick. And I think it would make my mom really happy too. So you're born and raised in Syracuse? Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. That would be pretty sick. Yeah. You'd be able to start working your family into some shots. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the coolest thing. Exactly. Man, what an opportunity. Like yeah. straight out of college, like to be able to, I mean, it yeah. could have been worse. I don't oh, know. For I'm sure. sure that I don't, I'm interested to hear what the transition was moving to LA, <clears> but before, what, why LA over New York? Ooh. You're well, so close. Right. So for the longest time, the plan was New York. Yeah. Like the, yeah. The, it was, um, I think I just assumed because it was so close. Right. It was a safer bet. It's closer to family. It was the second biggest market. So it's not that bad. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I thought New York. And then uh, junior year, summer after junior year was when you usually get your summer interns, mm-hmm. the internships. So I was applying to both New York and LA because I thought LA, why not? Didn't really get anything good in New York, to be honest. It was a lot of like indie stuff and non, non-paid, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and then I just, out of the blue, was like, I just started cold emailing um, studios in LA. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, you know when you go to Paramount, info at paramount.com like universal studios.com and you click on like like we're hiring like find out to get a job and that link that you always assume goes to no one and no one's ever going to reply i did that uh because i was like well why not i'm just gonna try all the major studios and universal studios got back to me like someone at universal studios in the marketing department which wasn't what i wanted but you're but there. Also, as a like as a student, and I was an aspiring cinematographer. I didn't. I guess I didn't know what I wanted as an intern. I, I in in hindsight, I wish I had uh, like reached out to all the DPs. Yeah, makes you know sense. what I mean. And been there. I, I didn't even think of right. that because because they they burn in you like an internship. You have to be at a desk and work in an office and meet people and. So that's what I thought my internship was supposed to be. Yeah. Anyways, so I I applied to yeah Universal. They got back to me somehow my resume got passed on down the chain and I got had a phone, like two phone interviews and, and they called me and were like, yeah, we want you to come in for eight weeks in the, in the summer. It's paid. Wow. And back then I think it was like nine bucks an hour, which was like, like killer yeah. as, as a student. Damn. Uh, I mean, just to have that, just to like, ease like take the ease off of. Yeah. It's something expenses. Just, yeah. Right. So did, would, would in an internship opportunity like that, did they require you to stay close to the studio or where did no. you stay? No, I, I just was just talking about this. Um, no, I, <laughs> no, they don't. I didn't, again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'd only been to LA once before for, yeah. for a wedding. So I didn't really know the city and commutes and I, I knew it was big, but you just right. don't think about those things. And a good friend of mine from home came out for the summer, I think just to kind of fuck around. I yeah. Got, I, she's awesome, but I, I don't think she had, she wasn't there for any career reasons. She's just like, yeah, I'm going yeah, to get like a waitress. She got a waitressing job and she just wanted to hang out in LA. So we roomed together and she has family out here and she was like, so she kind of like knew where to go. And so she was like, yeah, Westwood, let's do Westwood because it's near UCLA and it's fun and it's near the ocean. And I was like, sure. And then I realized that I had like a 45 minute Fuck. commute, which is back then it wasn't that bad. I'm sure it's way worse now. Yeah. Westwood to like studio city. Sure. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a crappy commute. And then when I was there every day, all of my fellow interns were like, 
in Toluca Lake and Burbank. And right. they're like, why are you in Westwood? Man. Uh, but no, there was no requirements. And I made the, it was a good, it was good to have that like summer of just commuting in LA. Right. Like to get that out of the way. And you get to kind of learn the area and totally. kind of figure it out. Oh, you miss my, you. miss my exit and like, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Panic and just get, you, you know. didn't have Apple maps. Back no, then. did not have Apple maps. Do you have the Garmin? I Were you rocking did a Garmin? not. I had a Garmin the next year. Oof. When I moved out to LA, I had a Garmin. How the fuck did a, you do it? As a graduation gift. How'd you do it? I memorized. I think I, I, I like, it was like old school. It was like yeah. almost like MapQuest type deal. Yep. I, I didn't have it in front of me, but I just knew where to go. So that's what I mean when I say like when if I miss my exit, I actually panicked. Right. Because I did not know where I was. And I, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy to think that that's, that was a problem. It is. It's super weird. <laughs> that was a problem back right. then. Right. Um, I, I was just, I think I was just talking to my girlfriend about it where I was like, man, it's pretty weird. Like we're driving and I don't know which part of LA I'm thinking of, but it's where all the bridges like are crossing over and they're like really tall mm-hmm. and the, whatever part of the highway that is. I'm like, damn, what if our phones just died? And then how the fuck do we get back home? Yeah. I was like, how, how would you get back home? She's like, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So if we were like three blocks away, she probably wouldn't know how to get back to the house. She never yeah. pays attention it's to that terrible. stuff. It's bad, dude. We rely on it too much. I rely on it way too much. I've been here 12 years and I'm still like, you know, I still use it. I yeah. use it to get everywhere. Yeah. Um, even to places I've been multiple times. It, like, like I live in Pasadena. Yeah. And that's its own like little, you know, it's its own city. Yeah, you're good there. No, no? Uh, you'd think so. I still use it sometimes to get to like the CVS or whatever. <laughs> not really, but like, but it's not, because they're making it easier. Like, so oh, easy. here's a quicker way to get there. And I like it because it tells you your ETA. Yeah, it tells you if there's traffic. Right, that's ninety five percent of why I use it. If I know where I'm going, anyways, because yeah. I just like to know like how long it's going to take. And you can think less. You just stop thinking. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just go straight numb and just drive your yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, just terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you moved out here, okay, wait. First, you did the internship. Yeah. Was it cool? Oh, yeah, yeah. What'd so you learn? Back like, to, how was well, it? Back to LA and New York. Yeah. That's, so I did that internship for six weeks. And between that experience and seeing what LA is like and seeing that there's sun, because Syracuse does not get a lot of sun. Sure. Except for in the summer. Um, It was like, all right, this is kind of cool. You know? And then I also had... That year, I had friends that had just moved out that were a year ahead of me. Right. So they were, like, I was interning while they were experiencing their first year in L.A. So I was hanging out with them a lot and got got to kind of see, like, what it would be like and the struggle and whatever. Um, And I think between that and then talking to a few professors that had worked in the industry a lot, I mean, they all said, like, New York's cool, but they're like, if you really want to give it a shot, like, L.A. is going to have the the most opportunity. Sure. Um... So I thought, okay, it's a bigger move. Let me try LA first. If I hate it, this was like, actually, I remember thinking this, like, let me try the crazier thing first. And if I hate it, then I can do New York. Cause if I do New York first, I'll probably never do LA. Yeah. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's, comf- it's comfortable. Yeah. It's close to home. Um, although I think New York is not a comfortable place to live. I've never lived there, but I have no, it looks terrible. I have no desire to, no. I love going there, but I have no desire to live there. Same. Um, so yeah, so I did the crazier of the two first, and my parents were like, "What?" I mean, they were very supportive. But yeah. They kind of had always thought and like kind of hoped New York, just because you know they'd want to see me. Yeah, more. so you could totally get it, right? Um, but when I told them LA, they're like, "All right." So yeah, so I graduated through all my crap in my Jeep with my dad, <laughs> and we did like it was nice. Like he was so excited. Did the long he haul, talks bro. about it all the time? I like, bet he's you know he's a proud dad, and so he it was like. 
his favorite week ever. And it, for me, it was, it was a really awesome. Did you spread week. it out where you could stop a little bit along the a way? A little bit. It, we talk about it. Like our biggest regret was not doing it longer. Mm. It was, it was seven days. Yeah. Um, so even seven days across the country, like you're driving yeah. 10, sometimes 10 hours a day. Right. Um, damn, I can't or, imagine. Or, or like drive. seven to 10. So it's like, a, it's, it's an exhausting day. So yeah, he was like, yeah, my biggest regret is not just doing it for like 10 or two weeks, you know, 10 days yeah. or two weeks. Um, so, but yeah, we still like did a really good route, went through South Dakota and Utah and Colorado, right. and Grand Canyon and all that, all that jazz. My my first time coming to Syracuse, I was touring in my oh, punk been band. There. I've been there, man. Where'd you where? Uh, I don't know. It was a terrible experience for me. Oh, okay. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> we we That's toured, usually what I hear. Yeah. So, it, but it wasn't Syracuse's fault. It just maybe uh, the residents. Oh, okay. The residents of Syracuse. Yeah. No. Okay. So basically, That's what happens? I had a punk band. Okay. We we're, we we're young. We're hungry and we toured out of, out of here, out of Iowa. I'm from Iowa. Oh, that's originally. right. Yeah. Iowa. So yes, yes, yes. we go on this tour. It's our first tour ever. We booked it through MySpace, you know, and, and wow. we're just playing like anything we could get Amvet centers to like <clears throat> small basements, whatever, sleeping on people's floors and shit. And we got out to Syracuse. And by the time we got to Syracuse, we'd already done like nine days where it was just miserable. We weren't making money. Our shows were trash. We didn't know what we were doing. The van broke down, whatever. Oh, we got to Syracuse and we kind of, realized that we were running out of money and we're like, man, we got to kind of, we got to get back home. But we wanted to get to the city. So we're like, we got to see New York. Like we got to get to New York city. And we're all like 17, 18. Like, I don't know how we did it, but, uh, we slept in a parking lot there (laughs) at a hotel (laughs) and two of my, like we had this 12 passenger van. So there was two benches in it. Mm -hmm. So each person had a bench and then the other dudes slept underneath the van. Oh my God. A cop waking us up in the morning. Like, Yo, man, you guys got to get out of here. Like, what are you doing? You guys in a band or whatever? He has like, <laughs> such a thick New York accent, which made me feel so cool. I was like, we're in New York. Yeah, yeah. sick, like Syracuse. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, he kicked us out of this hotel parking lot because we looked like a bunch of bums and we drove to the city and got to experience it and then spent the last bit of our money like driving back from Connecticut to Iowa. It was, dude, it was brutal. It was so brutal. But yeah. it was cool. It was cool to feel like we were there. So Sure. But I remember the show that we had there. There was a kid. There was what I said, the residents. The, the kid that was there, like, booked the show. And I remember my friend got out of the military and happened to be there. And his fa- parents came. Mm-hmm. So, really, our, our crowd was, like, five people and three oh. of our, one more of our friends. I paid, like, a $12 cost to get in, which was so expensive for shows like that. Sure. And the kid just dipped out in the middle of the show and just took, like, all the money that no. whatever happened that night. He, like, took all that money. So, it was, like, maybe, like, $80 that we were supposed to make that night uh, and he like just took it which is our guest bro like welcome guess. to welcome to Cuse man that's, yeah that's, that's brutal there's some there's some uh, some slimy people no yeah. it's a I mean it's I, there's a mostly wonderful people salt yeah. of the earth people there totally uh, but yeah there's there's that too okay sorry that was a random <clears throat> rant no um, I love that shout out to I mean, I'm sorry that it happened <laughs> Uh, you gotta, you go gotta back. come back, yeah, and, go back, and I'll have we'll we'll, we'll redeem right. It, we'll, Syracuse will, will redeem itself. We'll go to a basketball game with or a football game. I'm with it. It's fun. I'm down. Um, okay, so you moved to LA after the internship. I mean, how, overall, the internship taught you yeah, a little great. bit about the city. You got an yeah. idea of like what to expect, sort of. I learned how trailers are made. Right? Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, you know, I didn't learn anything about camera. Sure. I just, that's actually not true. I learned a little bit about camera stuff but um were they putting you on set ever no okay no it was a desk job yeah like I, but but it was cool like it was 
marketing. So I was working with like the editors that edit the trailers. Mm. Um, I was working with like people that deal with um, print even yeah. like Photoshopping and print and um, got to sit in a lot of meetings, um, which was, yeah. So it was like, it was, it was cool. I got, got to learn some stuff, but for me it was like, Hey, I got to be paid and live in LA for six weeks and like just experience LA. Yeah. I mean, I didn't take full advantage. I, I worked my ass off on the internship. I did, I think I did a really good job as an intern, but like in LA, I just, you know, right. Had fun. Yeah, sure. Uh, which was cool. But I think in hindsight, I w- I'd wish I'd gotten on some sets. But, yeah. But either way, like once I had done that and then I spoken to some people, I, I, it was LA. And so that was, you know, it was game over after that. I knew going into my senior year, LA was, was my the one. Yeah, that was my that was my goal. That's so then you goal. shoot the you shoot the film after graduation, yeah. And how long after the film's completed? A week, I think. Oh, okay, so you were there quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you moved, did you did you have like a plan, or were you already no. contacting any companies to try to work with them, or how a were you? A little, like I, I you, know, and you knew you wanted to be a DP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was. I reached out to my contacts at Universal, which you know. Uh, they were wonderful people, but they, they were like, we can't help you. You're trying to do something else. I, they introduced me to a couple of people. And, and actually there's, um, an editor there is a, a good friend. Now we've done a short together. We're working oh, cool. on another short. He's a really talented director. So like, you know, talking to him, there were some creatives within that universal world that I had met through, through interning there, but yeah, reaching out to them and then like reaching out to now my friends that had been out there for a year um, you know, a year they were a year ahead of me in school, so they had been out living in LA for a year. And, you know, eight PAing, they in kinda, the film film world, yeah. Okay. So they kind of like helped me out a little bit, but yeah, I had no job lined up. Wow. I had money saved, not a lot. I had a little bit of money saved yeah. up, um, and I had two roommates, two friends from college that also moved out here, um, and so we had agreed to room, and we found a place within like a day or two of moving out there which was awesome. Like yeah. That, like that was it. Like for me, it was like, don't even freak out about work. Just get like a spot. It takes a, it takes a second to get set up. Like right. Get your like bank account set up. Like get your, they don't tell you all, all this stuff. They don't teach you all of this. Like find an apartment, yeah. which is like, I think way worse now, but it was still really competitive back then. And like getting a car and the light, you know, and your license and all that crap insurance, get all that set up. So I did that for like a week, um, and then I started focusing on work and trying to find a job. Hmm. So it took it took a second, but yeah. You know. So what was your approach like? And also, what were you doing for like? What were you doing? Were you working during college? Did you have time? Yeah, yeah, nothing good. It was like you know clerical stuff. Okay. Uh, actually, the senior year I worked. There's a television um, network within Syracuse called Orange Television Network, <laughs> OTN. Uh, and I worked there, which was awesome. Like that was, it was a paid job and I got to kind of shoot and program our schedule and kind of like run uh, a department there. And so that was, that was nice. That's right. Yeah. That, that was, it was cool to get paid and like touch cameras for the right. first time and on co- and still be in college. Um, but other than that, my jobs were like, yeah, like I worked in admissions, like filing papers. Yeah. So like jobs within the campus. Basically. Yeah. Like right. I, I, my, my, my goal was like, I just want money to put away and it needs to be easy and easy and, and close. Yeah, so right. I, I found like, I was on campus. So I wanted a job there. I didn't right. want to like go somewhere else. So, 
Um, so yeah, That's I, cool. I always tried, I always tried, but sometimes as a film student and I'm sure, you know, or you've heard, it's like, you don't have time for anything. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Especially uh, when we were shooting on film, like we had no time cause we had to shoot on film and then edit like our first couple of films. We had to edit on the flat flatbeds. Like, Damn. Like, like splicing so the film, which is not fun. It sounds cool. It sounds so poetic and beautiful. No, I just I just respect no. it. Like I've sure. never ever I mean, touched it, it. You you respect the process of editing once you do it. I here. believe it. That's what you I'm know? saying. Like it's so like <clears throat> the fact that I can do it on this now. Is I know insane. I know. So that was cool. Like that was nice to like have that experience. But it was like a lot of like all nighters and so like when I was doing that, I I didn't have a job. Were you working in digital at all at the time too, or is it only strictly film? For the first two years, you were it was mandatory to be film. Oh wow! And then they made then they were it was a weird transition. It, it was dude, I went through like a from college and then moving out here. Like I was in a weird transitional period because like when I entered college, it was like film, film, film. Digital really did suck. There was nothing good out there for digital cameras. Right. And then by by the time I left, there were like a couple good cameras coming out. Like the Panasonic, the HVX 200 mm-hmm. was out, and the DVX had been out. Yeah, and, and that was the first like true 24p right digital cinema cinema camera. So that was like a game changer back then. Yeah, even though it was standard def. Um, so so yeah, I, I think between that and then also as you get older and in, in the in the the major they allow you to kind of do digital. So the second I was able to do digital, I switched over. <laughs> yeah, Gone. I was, just because it was, it was purely practical. Yeah. Not that I had nothing against it. I was like, dude, film is beautiful. I, I would love to explore it more. And, but I was like, I was just being practical. I was like, it takes way too much time. Way 90% of the stuff that we were making was not good. Cause the, the, it was just, it was so expensive and it took so much time. Yeah. Um, that like, I just was, I was, you know, I was fearful of shooting something and then having it come back overexposed and with, and then yeah. you get scratches on the film. And it's like, what, why are we doing this? So I, the second I switched <laughs> over, it was it's so true though. Like, yeah, I was like, I, I mean, if you have resources, do it. But if you, it's all about resources. If yeah. you don't have resources, like you need to, you know, work within your means. And so for me, it was like, I just want to create really cool, compelling stuff. These digital cameras are standard depth, but they're 24p and they look decent. Hmm. I can do that. And I mean, their dynamic range was horrendous. It looked awful yeah. sometimes if you didn't light it right, but right. if you spent the time and lit it correctly and, and composed, you know, well-composed shots, like people were like, oh, this looks okay. Right. Um, and I knew coming out of film school that the second I graduated, I'm sorry, I knew nothing, it didn't matter. Right. Like I, I, I wasn't, I had a demo reel coming out of college and it maybe got me, a, I don't remember, it probably got me a couple of things, but no, no one was going to watch my senior thesis. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I was back to applying for PA jobs and like yeah. AC jobs and like no one, no one gave a crap about my senior thesis. And I knew that, like I knew in college that this is just for college and it's selfish and it's just for me and it's my own growth and it's my own story and whatever. But the second I like graduate, like that stuff's not going to, yeah. it's probably not going to get me work. Damn. And that's not always the case. It was just, I knew with Syracuse and with me and what I, the body of work I had made, I, I knew that it wasn't going to help that much, but, but it did, it did carry over. I had a demo reel. It got me some work out here and it helped. To date, have you shot <clears throat> projects on film? 
since uh, as a DP since college, no. Wow. I've been on. I've worked on set. Yeah. Even the, even the the feature in Syracuse was film. It was on film. Mm-hmm. That was film. Uh, sixteen super sixteen. Um, That's crazy. That you. So I, so I lit. I yeah. helped light for film, which was awesome to learn that, but. But no, because, and that's what I mean. Like I, it was a, it was a weird time. I moved, I moved out here the summer, June of 20 of 2007. Okay. Red one was announced 2007, 2008, right. somewhere around then. So like, that was it. Like once that was announced, it was like, whew, film was just, it was game over. Dunzo. You know, Aerie was working on their thing. Yeah. Red was coming out. Sony was killing it. Sony had like the EX one and then the EX three mm. Panasonic had their little, their HVX 200. So like I saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. You know, man, it could have been, you could have got stuck in a pocket of, and I'm sure a lot of people did, which sucks because so many people you're sitting there being taught and and learning how to use film. Yeah. And then you continue to do that thinking that that's how it's always been. So that's how it should be. And if you don't catch the new wave of digital's coming in, digital is easier. A lot of people are going to stop paying a lot of money for this, these projects. You can just pigeonhole into that shit, which is a bummer. Yeah. But that's so interesting that you have, you haven't done anything with film. I haven't. Uh, it, it, and I would, lo- I would still love to. So, yeah. And, and I, I had been on a couple of jobs. Um, like, I don't know. I think I'd done like some camera PAing jobs when I first came out here that were film. Yeah. Um, but it was like a lot of digital, like right away. Right. Um, and, um, but then also I was like, working on my own stuff and it was a lot of indie stuff and it was a lot of low, lower budget work and a lot of doc stuff. And that was all digital. Right. So like by the time I had matured and grown into being like a professional DP being paid to be a DP, like film was already, was already halfway out the door. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the first few <clears throat> projects you took on? Um, how did, I mean, how do you break in as a DP moving out here with like very little experience? You make your own stuff. Right. Like, and that's all I tell everyone is just shoot. Just like, so that's what I did. I was lucky because at Syracuse I had made, I, 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 yeah, I had made a really core group of friends that there's still some, there's still some of my best friends out here and collaborators. Yeah. Um, some of them were the guys that, moved out the year before like that's I, awesome. that I had mentioned. And then some of them moved out with me, including two of my roommates at the time when I first moved out. So we were all PAing and assisting on jobs. And even I, I was a seeing sometimes and we were like, this isn't what we want. This isn't what we signed up for. This isn't fulfilling our creative needs. Um, let's do something about that. Yeah. So we kind of band together and created like this DBA company, this like production company to just start creating our own stuff. So we would meet, I think like once a week almost, it was amazing. We'd get together and hang out and share script ideas and That's cool. and commercials and commercial ideas and specs, obviously a lot of specs. Um, we just started making stuff. A lot of it was really bad. A lot of it was, was like yeah. not good. Right. Uh, but it was how you learned. And, and, and also like, I think we missed that camaraderie. I think we missed, being on set, like when you when you're in film school, you have that experience of being in the trenches with your with your classmates, and especially when you're shooting on film, it's like it's brutal. But then it's you know there's a high you get out of it after when you create something cool. Right. I think we missed that. I I know we missed that. I missed that. So just having some of those same friends from college out here 
and then doing the exact same thing in film school, but more on like a professional level was, was kick ass. It was great. Yeah. So we, yeah, we created a bunch of stuff and then we, and then a couple of them worked at mad TV at the time, which mad TV was still around back then. Mad. And then, yeah. Um, and then they, um, actually funny st- Remind me, I've got a, if you, you like stories, I've got a good story about Mad TV. Run it. Um, but, but <laughs> finish well, your point. Yeah, but to finish my point, they, uh, Mad TV hired us for like some digital content. Like this was like 2007, 2008. No one was creating digital content of any kind. No one no. knew what that meant. Right. Or like, you know, uh, like, like snippets, like thir- three minute, like documentary, like BTS videos, right? right? Sure. Which, which you know yeah, all yeah. about, which is like, all the rage. It's yeah. like what you have, like every brand needs to do that now. And they hired us to do that for like some other cast members who were doing like stand up and stuff. So we were starting to get hired to do these jobs. And like, I was like the, the DP of the group and my other buddy was like the director and my oh, other buddy cool. was the writer. And another friend was a producer. Two of them were producers. And another guy who is now like a, uh, an accounting, uh, finance guy was like our finance guy who managed our budget <laughs> it was awesome there's six, sick of, six of us but we all kind of like had our yeah our, like there's overlap but like we all kind of had our specialties so yeah like that was huge because it like it kept us sane it kept us like going i, I, I got a couple of things out of that to add to my demo reel that i could say was done in la right uh with like you know there's better talent out here so with actors and and models or whatever we were shooting that like looked not like film students. Yeah, right. So, you know what I mean? And it was in LA. So there, it just upped the, my game a little yeah. bit in terms of like what I was putting out there. So yeah, between that, the demo reel, the experience, it was like, that was a game changer, but that's, that was it, man. It was just that transition of, yes, you worked from nine to five, but then what did you do from five to eight or what did you do yes. on the weekends? Right. Right. Um, and I, and I, so I, I mentor with now with SU, with Syracuse university students. And I tell them this, it's like, if you don't want to do that, if you don't have that in you, then like there's thousands of other, that others that are willing to, and it's that competitive of a, of a business of an industry that like, you may need to like question if this is really what you want to do. Yeah, man. And, and I don't mean to be, you know, no, please. I 100% agree. Real. With you. I, I don't mean to be mean, but just to be real about it, it's, it's, it's that hard. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have to have that drive where it's like you are grinding to just pay the bills during the week. And then you need to be excited at Friday night when you get home from work that, holy shit, Saturday morning we're shooting a music video. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. And I'm so stoked. Right. Um, and that's, that's what we, that's, that's what we were doing for like a couple of years. Dude, I love that. I, I feel like that's such an issue for a lot of people because I've had so many friends and different people that are always reaching out about for whatever, any advice. And so many of them will be like, I'm moving to do, I want to move here to do this. I'm like, yeah. great. And they're like, and I got this job doing X, Y, Z for 40, 50 hours a week. Cool. They go to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to figure out how to maximize your time because the problem is is when it hits six o'clock and you just did that every night monday through friday and then all of a sudden you're tired you just want to sit down and yeah netflix is here now and all these other excuses to have like a normal life then you get stuck in that that path and then that's all you end up doing you never can't you never complete what you came here for you know yep i feel it's so hard but you're right like if you don't if you can tell that you're not interested in working a dumb amount of hours yep and fucking up your head over and yep. over again, stressing yourself out nonstop. Yep. <laughs> this ain't for you. Yeah. Well, and, uh, 
I wish I could coin this, but a uh, old colleague of mine from actually ShareGrid said this to someone once, and he was like, "Be careful for be careful with what you're doing because you may end up doing it." Huh. Which means like like I've seen it a lot where people are just like, "I'm just going to take this job to pay the bills and just like." It's not my career. It's it's just it's just what I'm going to do for a little bit, and then like cut to ten years later, they're still doing it. Right. And so, you know, you got to be careful about that. It, it's you have to at some point take the plunge, and like dive headfirst into into this. Yeah. I was lucky enough to have a job, hated it, but my first job was a nine to five. It paid money. It was yeah. money, so I was able to like build up a savings and like feel good about that. Um, and so, but then it was, but it was very nine to five for like six months. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't working on set when I first came out here. So that actually gave me a lot of time to shoot my own stuff. Which is cool. So you had your own cameras, you guys, you had Uh, bought some gear? We did. My buddy, Sean, a good close friend of mine from college, um, God bless him. I mean, he was the first to, I was scared to invest in any camera. It's expensive. Because back then I think like. I don't know what the X1 was like six grand or something or somewhere. The X3, they were all around that, which was a lot for a fresh out of college kid. And he was like, screw it. He bought the X1. So that gave us a 24P HD camera with, I don't even know if it, I think it had ND filters. I think. I think, I think they did. Right. Yeah. So it had like some, and it had, you know, XLR, it had some like cinema inputs in it and, and zebras and all that kind of good stuff. Um, And we were like, yeah. Oh. yeah, we were like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, at that time in twenty in two thousand and seven, there was not there was not much better. No, those there, cameras were like I remember looking up to those cameras, and be like, man, someday yeah. I'm going to be able to play. Well, with and this. and they were they were tapeless too, mm. so you had the S by S cards, yeah. which was like a game changer. Right. Um. So so that was huge. So I didn't invest in that. Um. I think we all went in on something. Some we we all pooled our money for like other gear i think at one sure. point so we all kind of like co-owned some of our of, of our gear but yeah man to have that one camera was clutch, clutch. how yeah. how long did that business as a production company between you guys run a couple years oh wow yeah it, it, but it was like it was part-time it wasn't right. you know we were all still they were still doing mad tv i was still doing my job and and then i was freelancing at some, and then i quit my job because i hated it and then i just jumped into freelancing like doing Full-time. i built up enough contacts that i could start freelancing right um and um, and everyone else still had their their jobs, but then it kind of it kind of went away. I mean, we still work together. Like some of them, the directors, I still DP for them. That's crazy. Um, or the producers, I'll still shoot their agency's stuff. Right. But we're all doing our own thing, and I mean, we get together all the time. But yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to stop this episode to thank our sponsors, which is me, Ben. <laughs> The Black Widow Cream merch store is available. If you would like to get some merch, please do it. It's fucking awesome. It feels really, really soft. I'm not wearing any right now while I record this, which is a fucking L, but trust me, I wear it every single day. I got so many. I have like doubles of everything, but long sleeves, short sleeves, hoodies. Actually, the hoodies are about to get sold out. We don't have very many left. So if you want a hoodie, definitely cop that right now because I don't think we'll ever make it again. We'll, We'll make new hoodies next year. So if you want that rare shit, get it um shop bwnc.com i i have a lot of mugs on the table right now the mugs are amazing grab one take it to work do whatever you do uh really appreciate it and patreon.com slash black window cream all right let's get back to this episode with right so i guess what's the transition now from being a dp that's you know very green and and trying mm-hmm. to figure it out to working on 
like your first big set? Like what was the first like, holy shit, what, how did I... As a DP? Yeah, how did I pull this off? I don't know. It's a good question, actually. Yeah? I, well, there's like different avenues. Um, I started camera operating for a lot of companies mm. um, and then that transitioned over into DPing. Right. Uh, with them. Um, you know, AC, I was actually ACing and then I was cam oping and then I was DPing. Um, I was taking jobs. Like, I think one was like, there was one agency that I shoot for a lot. And my buddy, another of my core friends, Pete, was like, hey man, there's a lot of work to be had here. Um, and like, they're really, they're really uh, picky about who they pick. I got this job here. It's really small. It's like, it was like a green screen with like a 5D. Like they just needed to get like snippets of green screen assets of people to like add to some bigger thing, whatever. Right. And he was like, it's a really small budget, but like I can get you in to DP that. But the way this company works is if they see you and they like, like that you did that, then you can work your way up and get more jobs. And he was right. Like I did, took that job. It was a crappy rate. And then I started to get more, you know, bigger budget jobs with that agency. Um, and then meanwhile, he was developing as a director with them and now he's directing, he and I are shooting a thing for Carnival Cruises next month in, oh, June, wow. in June. So, um, so yeah, but like it, you had to build up to that. So I think it was like, I think it was relationships. I think it was a lot of relationships with directors. It was a lot of relationships with agencies. Well, it sounds like you, you surrounded yourself with a lot of people that succeeded. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're still working oh, with these huge. people. Like that's, I think that doesn't go for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people kind of get mixed in the wrong crowd or, or find people that give up on this stuff after yeah. a while. But yeah, I think I got really lucky. Like I, I, I keep giving them shout outs, but they're like my brothers. Like there's six of us and I, I look at all six of us and I'm like, y'all are killing it. Like they're like, some of them are like, they're doing, um, they're doing incredible stuff. Um, and yeah, you'd think that the chances are there's like at least one that's like not not doing poorly, but just like decided year five, yeah. like this isn't for me and right. moves back to, you know, wherever, wherever and, and is, you know, working in, in an insurance company <laughs> yeah. or something. Right. Like that happens. Yeah. And I know actually a lot of people in LA that have just given up and I don't want to say given up. That's not right. They just decided it's not for them. Right. And they want to pursue other things. And that's awesome. Whatever makes you happy is absolutely what you should be doing. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's very rare to have a, group of six people who came together after you know knew each other at film school worked together right after film school and we're all still just you know, you know pl plugging away yeah. yeah 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 we okay i love this because i i feel like having like the squad yeah it's makes, huge it's it makes everything and yeah. it helps i mean balance especially when you guys are trying to figure it out because i think first off what, what was your production company name Oh boy, uh, <laughs> uh, Boardhead Brothers. Boardhead yeah, Brothers. Yeah, but that, but and I did not choose LLC. That. A DBA. Okay. I, it was not an LLC. Yeah. Didn't have that kind of money. That'd um, be a tight name to have as a Boardhead well, Brothers. It was called Boardhead Brothers because Adam, uh, who I was literally just with right before I came here, um, he's a producer and a really talented photographer. I always say that when I talk about him because he always just says he's a producer, but he's, he's a really good photographer. Uh, he, um, he's a surfer and him and his brother are both surfers and, and skaters. They, they, they from Syracuse? No, no, oh, no, no, like, no, no, what the fuck? no. Uh, well they're from Baltimore, which doesn't help, but they yeah. just like, he just, he picked up surfing at some point. I don't know. Sure. 
Uh, but I think he, was, I think him and his brother were named Boardhead Brothers from their dad. Okay. And so when we when we came out here, he was like the like kind of like our executive producer of the group, and he was like, I just want to name my Boardhead Brothers, and we were like, all right, cool. It's like <laughs> surfing, like uh, our buddy John, who's like really good with like graphic design, like made like this design with like a guy with like a surfboard as like the head and uh, whatever. It was it was cute. Like our branding was actually really cool. Like yeah. Our colors were really cool. Uh, I was like, I didn't like the idea that it was just brothers because it sounded kind of like, kind of like a brotherhood. It yeah, right. Weird. Yeah, and it's also like, why are we saying it brothers? Just because there's six dudes. Like, what if we hire women? <coughs> yeah, and, right. You know, it's kind of weird. So I was always like, oh, that's was hilarious. Was, yeah, but it was Boardhead Brothers, and then it changed to like BHB Media at some point. I think Adam's website for his photography is still BHB Media. So everyone, go check out BHB Media. Do it. He's got amazing uh, surf photography. Oh, nice. Like a gore- that shit's got to be very hard to do. Oh, so hard. I cannot hard. imagine. I, so hard. There's some incredible photographers that are doing underwater mm-hmm. water shooting, like, and cinematographers, but yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He, he, I mean, no pun intended, dove in. Like, he did not have, uh, I, I think he, he just, like, took a shot at it and just got his underwater housing, and then he upgraded that. Right. And, um, that's sick. And he got to, fi- he got to photograph some like pretty kick-ass surfers. And he also got to photograph with some like pretty, um, pretty awesome photographers. That's crazy. I wish he did it more. I mean, he's busy now. He's, you know, you know, got a kid and everything. So yeah. He's, and he's fuck pr- sharks. So yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. He's produced, he's producing a lot. He's a busy guy, but, yeah, but, uh, that's yeah, crazy. He's a, he's a talented photographer. Wait, at that time, what, how would you guys go about trying to quote your, for your jobs? Like how do you, how did how did you go about doing it? Because do you, do you have an agent right now? Do you have I anyone don't. represent you? I Never? don't. No, I. In fact, I was like meeting with agents right before I went full time with ShareGrid. Oh wow! And then I was like, this is not a good time to. I told them that too. I was like, we probably shouldn't do this because I'm I'm about to just stop working. Right. And um, so now that I'm back shooting full time again, um, I'm kind of like debating: do I do that? But. Yeah. So no, no agent, no agent. So then at the time, how would you guys go, especially when you're doing like random one-off jobs or you're just doing music videos where you guys just kind of like quoting based on like what other people were charging or I don't know. How did you guys do it? I would ask Adam. I don't know. That's how it was. (laughs) Yeah. Adam and and then my buddy Jeff was like the money guy. Uh, I do know that like we, um, we didn't pay us ourselves anything. Oh really? I don't think so. Maybe like a little bit, but I think it was more about getting the content and like, yeah, like using the money for the right equipment right. And, and paying the actors and yeah. paying and having, make sure there's food on set. And, and then if there's anything left over, I think we had a savings account. And we just left it there, hmm. which maybe Adam took, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a lot of money. Ask Adam. It was not a lot of money. So I'm not worried about right. what happened to it, but it was the, we were not ever, I don't, I don't ever remember thinking like, Oh sweet. I'm going to make money on this. Right, thing. Right, right. It was like, no sweet. I get to shoot something with these lenses and get to put it, I get to put it in my yeah. reel. I mean, that was all I cared about was like building my reel learning fucking up half the time speaking of learning mentors did you adopt any mentors that were la based yeah uh, sort of uh that's it is another kind of i guess regret is that i didn't pursue that or i didn't or i didn't find one because i've learned that there's a lot of really talented dps that, around my age that all have some asc mentors some right. asc dp uh i didn't have that but um 
when I talked, when I mentioned earlier about Universal and my connections, the editor that I mentioned, um, his, his name's Lance. Um, one of his like best friends from college, um, I think maybe before no, I think it was college. Jazz Shellen uh, is a DP, and so when I was interning out here at Universal, I got coffee with Jazz mm. because Lance introduced us. And Jess had like just moved out here. He had been doing some B unit stuff for some stuff. He was like a budding DP, and I just stayed in touch with him. And um, he's brought me on quite a lot of jobs as like his AC and then his B camera operator. If he couldn't get a do a job, he'd pass it on to me. Um, and and Jazz Shelton, uh, if you don't know who he is, he he was the Duplass Brothers DP for for a while. Oh. So he did like. Um, he did like Jeff who lives at home and Cyrus and um, a couple of, a couple other other movies and then their HBO series Togetherness which I had the pleasure of cam hopping on which was awesome um, and then he just he did the Keanu the Jordan Peele Key and Peele movie yeah. which looks fucking beautiful it's all anamorphic and it looks for comedy it's like yeah. stunningly beautiful um, and then he did he's done a series for Amazon he does a lot of commercials and Super talented guy, really busy, but like the best, like the best attitude um, on set. So I learned a lot from him just being on set because, you know, it's a stressful environment. Yeah. Tempers flare. Yeah. Uh, DPs are known to not necessarily be the, the most calm uh, and friendly. And, yep. uh, and, and I pride myself on being, you know, I have my moments, but I'm, I'm a pretty level-headed dude. And Jazz was like, I've never seen him get mad, ever. I know he's mad. He just doesn't show it. Right. And he's just like that's a talent. It's a talent. Yeah, and he's just he's just got such a good energy, and he's happy, and he's he's efficient, and he's smart, and he's he's so goddamn good. So I um so lucky that like my first couple of years, I would come on set with him, and I'd always like he would get so busy, so I'd always like it'd be like six months, and I'd send him an email like. Hey man, like yeah. you know, remember me? Like anything you need, and so like he'd bring me on shoots. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get paid sometimes. Sometimes I would. Uh, sometimes there were specs. I did not care. Right. I just wanted to work with him. Yeah. And just learn from him. Um. And learn how he. I mean, just learning how he delegates alone was was amazing. Could you weigh in on that a little bit more? As far as like, because I feel like the audience here listening is like they're a lot of them are new sure. or trying to get deeper into what whatever they care about, but. I feel like it's very important to be willing to invest your time and energy for unpaid jobs. Like in that scenario, you realize that there's talent that you're trying to attach yourself to and learn from what, I mean, what, what do you suggest to someone who's trying to get into this and has an opportunity possibly, or is seeking opportunity, or maybe they should seek opportunity to find a mentor or someone that they could shadow, be a shadow to, you know, I think it's actually a lot easier than you think. Maybe, maybe, maybe not now because the the game is so crowded. There's mm. so many like DPs and like so many aspiring filmmakers now than yeah. there was I think ten years ago. Uh, but I've heard that a lot of a lot of times like just emailing like yeah. if you like their work, just reach out to them. Like most most of us, most filmmakers are like we like to help. We want to help other people. We want to inspire other people. Um, also like we're egotistical. So we like to like talk about what we do right. and like have our ego stroked and, yeah. and have someone that appreciates what we do. And it's just the truth. Yeah. So, so if you really freaking love someone's work, um, why aren't you reaching out to them? I don't care who it is. Like, mm. yeah, you like, look what I did with universal. Like 
most likely they're not going to respond, but you never know. Yeah. So I know after years after, you know, I was like Jass's like AC or cam op. And, um, uh, I remember there was another kid who one day I, I was on a feature with, with Jazz and this kid showed up and he was like our like intern slash like helping out with like media managing. And I, I he was doing everything. He was the, then I forgot his name, the nicest kid ever. And I was like, who the hell is this kid? Like, where'd he come from? And I just started talking to him and I was like, Oh, so how do you know Jazz? And he's like, honestly, I just loved his stuff. And I emailed him last week <laughs> and I was like, seriously. And I'm not surprised that cause it's Jazz. And yeah. He's like the nicest, the nicest human being ever. Um, but he was like, yeah, I just emailed him. I was like, dude, I love your work. I love Cyrus. And I just wanted to like grab coffee with him and just see if I could pick his brain. And he responded and they got coffee and Jess happened to have his feature like coming up like the next week or whatever. And he brought him on set. And that kid is like, I, and I actually just talked to Jess about it. Like he's DITing now. He like has his own like van. He has wow. his own, he's like union, like doing That's crazy within like a couple years. And that was from him. Like, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, not knowing a thing out in LA, just emailing his like deep, a favorite. I mean, he probably emailed a lot of yeah. Hell Mary is just hell yeah. Who knows? But like I like knowing him. I think he genuinely did like Jazz's work. Yeah, and it showed. Right. He freaking like he he was an incredible assistant. So yeah, like I think it's a lot easier than you think. Mm. We're busy. Everyone's busy. You know, ASCDPs are really busy, but they will respond. Yeah. And there's, there's an opportunity there. Right. I feel like a lot of people always struggle with the concept or, or feel like they're entitled to getting paid right away or something like that. And I know oh, a lot of yeah. the times it's just like, man, sometimes. No. I didn't get any money for a long time when I moved out here and it I, wasn't, a, that wasn't like priority. I did a favor yesterday for a friend. I didn't get paid. Right. I had Still nothing, doing it. I, I was bored. Yeah. I, I, I had things that I, I was, I had things I had to do, but. I had a free afternoon yeah. or evening and uh, I, 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 you know, you have this aperture light up here. I, I, for the first time ever, finally I have aperture lights and I hadn't, u- I've used them for aperture. I did some of their, their videos for them. Like I did some educational videos, but for my own, for my own work, I haven't used their lights yet. And so I had this opportunity to, to help out a friend yesterday and I was like sweet I'll get to try out my new lights right done yeah you know it's a good I, way to test some stuff out yeah like there was no money like, it was like gear was like I had a bag borrowing deal from friends and, right but I got to try out new lights and got to learn from it and and it was fun nice so yeah like uh, and I, I think there's still a lot of DPs that are going to shoot for free if they have the time right if there's a, a vested a vetted, a vested interest if there's like a creative um you know, take from it, then, then why not? Yeah, I agree. I, it's imp- like going back to your insane list of what just jobs. Oh, my resume, like insane <laughs> list of yeah. jobs. I mean, you've worked with every network, <clears throat> literally I could say anyone and you've worked with them. Uh, you did some, um, game of Thrones. Oh, well, that sounds that well read it. No, the I promo didn't. promo for game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I does did. that entail? That was um, uh, for HBO. You know, HBO does all those like BTS videos and uh, interviews and um, red, red carpet oh, right, for the right, show. Right. That, that's all that was. Yeah. That was just, I just, I think it was for season six. I got to, to film the red carpet and interview everyone. But either way, which, what I'm which, saying which is, is you funny. You do a lot of stuff. I, I photobombed 
like I think it was Sophie Turner and the guy who plays Ramsey. Um, that was that season, and I photobombed them because I was like operating, and I remember like looking over and like in between their two heads. I saw the camera and I saw it flash and I was like, oh, I'm in that shot. I'm in that shot for so I, sure. <laughs> the next morning I Googled Sophie Turner and whatever. I'm sorry, the yeah. guy, I forgot his name, the guy that plays Ramsey and, I, and like premiere, red carpet. And it was like the first photo that popped up on Google. So There's my stupid face yeah, in the just, middle, just like <laughs> operating. I'm like glancing over and I have like a little smirk on my face. It's amazing. For the gram. So I was like, yes. No, you just worked with such a, a, an insane list of clients and out of all of them, I mean, what would be, what is your favorite job to dp oh what do you what, what would i you? get asked that and i can i never can answer it i don't know man but i, I mean you I, seem to be a person that likes to mix shit up a lot i do I, i've done a lot of doc and travel doc and i've done a lot of like green screen studio or like product stuff and then some narrative and you know i yeah i think i it's it's flavor of the week like i think like, it all excites me yeah and if it's something new and different i think that's then I want to do it. Mm. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm right now. I'm really like digging, um, product stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's something fun about just like having like an object and like making that look as beautiful as possible right. and dealing with like shadows and reflections and yeah. water. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird challenge, but it's really fun. Mm. So, but I, I don't know. I don't have like a particular thing. I'm a traveler. Like I'm a big, just avid traveler anyways. So I've always enjoyed those jobs. Yeah. It's like gone, just gone for a couple months, traveling different countries and shooting cool stuff. Do you, um, do you have like a particular set of directors that you are kind of like their go-to DP? Are you working with a lot of same crews or? Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm trying to branch out because I think these two years kind of going on hiatus, it dried up a little bit. I got a little, things get quiet for me. Mm. Um, And that's, that's okay. That happens. I mean, so, you disappeared for like two years. <laughs> I did a little bit. I did a couple jobs, but I turned down a ton of work yeah. for ShareGrid. So I, um, yeah, I'm trying to get back out there and meet new directors. So if there's any directors that are listening, I'm, I'm open. How, uh, how challenging yeah. is it for you to, to literally turn down probably solid paying jobs? Like how fulfilling does that? Someone just said that to me the other day, make, made oh. a joke about me turning down like a tour for this to start this. Sure. It wasn't necessarily that they just didn't want to spend very much money. So I was like, fuck that. <laughs> then I started this. Yeah. Uh, but when I did it, everyone's like, man, he didn't do that tour to start this thing. Like who would do that? Like who would commit to that? And I feel like there's nothing more fulfilling than this is a challenge, but sure. I feel like it will help people, you know, and share grid yes. help. Like my first yes. time hearing about share grid was at Coachella three years, three years ago, maybe when did you guys launch? Uh, January 2015 was 15. when we started in LA. So this was 16, maybe. Oh wow, okay, yeah, still pretty early. Yeah, yeah. The site would have functioned in the way where we would have been able to find something in Coachella Valley. <laughs> would it, would that? Uh, probably not. I don't it, remember where. What? It, maybe it was 17. I don't know. But my friend, we were shooting with Kendrick and um, his like personal photographer that's always with him, Chris Parsons. He's really good. He needed like a 7,200 and was like panicking wow. and found it through ShareGrid. I don't remember how he found it or if he found it on ShareGrid in LA and someone else was happened to be driving by to, some yeah. wild shit where they picked it up. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, this is website. And he like showed me, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. This is super cool. And I've gotten like sliders and all kinds of random stuff using yeah. ShareGrid. I'm like, the platform is so sick. Like, thank you. Yes. Congratulations. When like that's, 
pretty wild. I've heard, yeah, my, those are my favorite stories. Uh, I hear them too much. Uh, I, I wish people were just like, yeah, I use it all the time. And people use Shaker all the time. But I always hear the stories of like, oh my God, I was on a shoot in the middle of whatever and the camera broke. And Not impressive. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy that yeah. it makes me. I mean, what a resource, bro. No, like, no, that's it's, incredible. It's, it's why, I, why we did it. It's yeah. why I, at least why I did it. Yeah, I'm interested I, in hearing this. Sure. Like, I, I mean, it was. I wanted to help people. Like that's, that was like the number one goal because it was me. Like I saw the need. I needed share grid. That's why we made it. Like I needed it like yesterday. So yeah. So when I hear these stories of like, Oh my God, share grid saved my life. It's like, that, that's why I do it. Like that's, I, yeah, I, I go to sleep. Feel good. I go to sleep with a smile on my face. Yeah. So is it the board head bros? No, started no, this? <laughs> no, 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 not them. Um, I told did, them about it. They thought I was crazy, but no. How did you, how did this all go? I mean, how did it start? So it's, um, obviously you need gear every yeah, time you shoot. So the, there's, there's two sides, not that there's, not that they're opposing stories. There's two sides to the story. I'll, my, my point of view, POV is though, uh, is what I'll tell. Um, uh, I was shooting, um, a documentary in San Francisco about the sharing economy this was October 20, no, no, September 2013. Um, and it was back then, like the sharing economy was still kind of evolving and Uber and Lyft had like just kind of made a splash and were still being, you know, like kind Tweaked. of tested. Yeah, yeah. And Airbnb was a thing. Airbnb was actually kind of already big by then. Um, but it was a movement that I didn't even recognize. I didn't realize that there was this new movement called called the share or sharing economy, which is, you know, um, a transfer or sharing or of goods or services or resources from peer to peer or vendor to vendor. I didn't know that's on, what it was called. That's cool. online. Yeah, it's. I mean, sharing I, economy makes sense. Yeah, I just never of, heard the term officially or unofficially. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has a Wikipedia page. Right. It's like it's what it's called. It's like Airbnb, Lyft, Uber, everything that you see, all these apps. Um, but I think you could even say it's like maybe DoorDash. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's got to be peer to peer. But, um, anyways, it was a, a movement that was here to stay. And it was in 2013. I was in San Francisco shooting this very small documentary with this German director. It was a German documentary hmm. because in Germany and Europe, just like everything, they're like always five years ahead of us. Yeah. So it had already happened. Like right. They, like they, they had already had like every industry, fashion, everything had already kind of started doing this. And so they were like exploring that and they came to SF, which is, you know, I think one of the capitals of, it is the capital of technology. Right. Um, and for sharing economy, it was like everything was there. So we were interviewing all these people, interviewing all these um, founders. One of the founders of Airbnb we interviewed and someone from Relay Rides, which is now Turo, which is the same oh, thing right. with cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, back then it was relay rides and one of the interviews, um, I was like operating the camera and we were interviewing someone and that's when I was like, you know, the idea went off. I was like, Oh yeah, this is something that can be done in the film industry. Cause at the and, time, what would be your typical <clears throat> route of ge of getting gear? Friends or rental houses. Right. And, um, and, and I knew that like, I had a lot of friends who had a lot of gear and I had some gear too at the time. I owned some gear. Um, and no one makes their investment back. Like not, like very few people do as far as a rental house. 
Uh, no, as far as uh, an individual. Oh, like sure, back sure, then, sure. Back then, right? Like no one, people were buying these really, because now like the expensive cameras are coming out, the Reds and everything. Everything yeah. was out. You know, the Alexa, uh, the Alexa was out. I think, yeah, it was still a little, a little bit for like the Mini and the, the Mirror to come out. But um, so all this expensive gear was out, but no one was making a return on their investment. And then also the barrier to entry to get gear as an independent, as a, as a filmmaker, as an indie was was challenging. I mean, I, I've got nothing against rental houses. I prep at rental houses still to this day as, as a DP. I love going to a rental house, but it was harder. It was like it was they're nine to five. They you know they require insurance and the, it was it's challenging and it's an intimidate. It's intimidating too. So um, so yeah. So I was just like, holy crap! Like this could be a new way of right helping people create content and then also helping people pay off their their um, investments or their, their, their debt of investing in all this gear. So, uh, <laughs> I remember like I had like two days left in San Francisco shooting and I just stopped caring. Oh yeah, dude. I could not <laughs> stop thinking about it. Yeah. I was like, I've only had a few things that have happened in my life where it's like, I can't stop thinking about it. And that was like one of them. Right. And so I came back to LA didn't know what the hell I was doing because I don't know how to build a marketplace. I just knew, I knew how to research. I was, I was asking a lot of friends, a lot of filmmakers, like, like, what do you think? Like, what do you need? Built uh, a web. I didn't build a web page. I designed the homepage cause like I'm visual and like that was the low hanging fruit. Like right. to feel like I was being productive. Like a Photoshop. Just yeah. Like, like I just like, this is I wrong. looked at Airbnb and some other like sharing economy websites and I was like, Oh, I'll just like, how yeah. look like, Oh, what's that font? Okay. I'll make it look like this. But like, what's that? That's not going to do anything. So <laughs> I did that. I was researching. I was trying to find if there's anyone that was doing something like this and no one I couldn't find. I was researching like sharing equipment, sharing cameras, whatever. Couldn't find anything <clears throat> except something found me, which was one day on Facebook, an ad popped up for ShareGrid. This is where people get confused the part of the story. I was like, what? Yeah, I know. Uh, which at the time was my other two partners who had the exact same idea up in Silicon Valley. They were working for a, a tech company. Um, that's a, it's a, I think I can, yeah, they worked at Groupon. I don't, I don't I think I can say that. Um, which is like a really successful way to get back massages. Yeah. Right. Fucking love Groupon. We <laughs> <laughs> get the best Thai massage. Woo. Yeah. But there, I mean, that, that, that's a, that's a, an app that is really good at getting people to buy services easily and, right. and quickly, you know, in a quick way. Um, and they were the two lead, um, product designers of the mobile app. Oh, crazy. Which at the time was like, they when they were the lead designers, that mobile app was the number one grossing mobile app in the world. Like they made, Jesus Groupon was like Christ. killing at that time. They were making so much money hand over fist. Um, so they were the lead designers on that. Um, but their backstory is Marius uh, went to film school actually, worked at PBS, worked at Samsung, you know, worked in production for a couple years in New York. Um, and then kind of found his way into product design and working at Groupon because he's fucking brilliant and right. like decided like he liked design because he's he's such a good designer. Um, so he just kind of started doing that. And then Arash, um, our other co-founder, is just a, a, a photographer by hobby. He just is like a really good photographer. Right. So they just you know I think we're riffing ideas and just came up one came up with the idea one day that they would. Um, 
why don't we start this I you know this marketplace where our friends have cameras and they can rent it out and make money and people can rent gear for cheaper but um, so they they they, they built uh, a landing page and you didn't know them did not know them they built a landing page with which promised the world it said insurance and you'll save money and you'll make money and and uh, you know whatever it was like promised everything but it was literally just a landing page with a with a sign up form just like collect some emails right okay uh and so they did it to just test to see if the idea was viable they were like Is and you're this? like guys check yeah, yeah, out yeah. my design yeah. with <laughs> this which, up which was awful my design was <laughs> so much worse but um but yeah so you know back to me when i saw that i was heartbroken oh i, I bet i was like you know, this is a really beautiful website. They have a 415 area code, so they're San Francisco-based. Um, it, it looked like it was live. It looked like they were, it was about to be live. Like every, it looked like everything was built, which is why they're so smart. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't. But uh, So I gave up for, like, about a week to two weeks, and I was, like, bumming, man. I was, like, I thought I had it. This is a great idea. I really think this is, like, my next move. Um, but you know, you know, hats off to these guys. Looks like they're doing it. Uh, which was like a really good learning lesson. Cause I think like we, by like hit week two, I was like, fuck this. I'm emailing these guys. Like I can't like, I, you know, I, I can't do this on my own anyways. Right. I remember saying to friends, like I need to team up with people that know how to do marketplaces and websites. And like, I don't know that I just know this industry and what it needs. Um, but I need people that know how to build a website basically. Right. So I was like, and, and then also looking at their website, they were in San Francisco. They were very photo based. It was like a, a lot of like DSLRs that were like the photos that they were. So I could tell that they, they maybe didn't know the cinema world down here and like what was like the opportunity down here right? to really change the game. So I emailed them and I was like, hey guys, I have the exact same idea. And in fact, here it is. Like, here's my like, stupid uh, draw or, you know, mock up. You did it, send it to them. Oh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to prove to them I'm not bullshitting. Like, I have right. the exact same idea. Look at all this time I put in. Yeah, so those are good days well spent. Yeah, ugly <laughs> website. Um, and uh, I, uh, but I was like, but I can tell your photo base. I can tell you're an SF. I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity down here in LA. I would love to bring this to LA and like, let's do it right. Let's do, let's go after cinema. I didn't say in that many words, but I, I basically teased to that. And then we got, they responded. We set up a Skype call in that call. I, I really sold it. I told them, I said, you know, I'm going to do this either way, but we should join together. And it looks like, you know, from your experiences and my experiences, we could, you know, kill it. Yeah. Do some damage. So, and they, you know, that's when they were like, yeah, it's not built yet. You know, I, I think maybe later they like confessed. Like, yeah. like there's nothing. We'll think about it. No, nah, man, it's not even. <laughs> yeah, there's like, nothing. So like, so I joined, I mean, I basically joined ShareGrid at a really early, early stage. I mean, they, they had been working on it for like a couple months, very part-time, very like a couple, I, I don't want to speak for them, but it was, it was part-time for them. Um, in San Francisco and now they're in, uh, now they're in Seattle. They were in like Mountain View area. So like Silicon Valley area, um, which is where Groupon is. Uh, but Arash had been planning to move back to Seattle and Seattle has like a pretty kick-ass startup culture. Hmm. So when Arash had moved back and then his brother had been living there, Siavash, who's like our early employee slash technically another, a fourth co-founder, 
uh, who's a lawyer, um, uh, he, Arash, Siavash was already there. Arash was moving back to Seattle because their family's there. It kind of things were in motion that like, all right, it sounds like we might do this there. I advocated hard for LA, but I lost that battle. So, Damn. so cause then Marius wanted to move to Seattle and they all moved up to Seattle and that's where the office kind of, that's where it, that's where it started. So did you move to Seattle? <clears throat> no, there was early, yeah, there was early talks about me. And, and at one point I kind of, uh, thought maybe I would, um, but it, it didn't, didn't do me any good. And it definitely wouldn't do share grid any good. Like hmm. someone needed to be here. Yeah. We needed boots on the ground in LA right. to just do things like this. Yeah. Or, you know, sure. Take meetings, run events, just boot, like be on set every day, you know, being active in the community working at a desk is not for me and it's not my, the best use of my skills and time. So, um, being in Seattle, though it would have been nice for meetings and like productivity in some ways, it would have, I think it would have done us more disservice. Sure. So yeah. So I, I, I stayed down here and I'm happy I did. That's crazy. What a random. Yeah. I mean, it was a good learning lesson. It was, I, I was willing to give up. I was ready to give up, but my instincts were like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, chase the obsession. Yeah, you got to do this, man. So I, I, uh, I'm so happy I emailed them, because, because then, I don't know if I would have done it. Like I would have maybe, maybe tried, maybe reached out and found people, but I don't know. No one as smart as them. I mean, so then were they the ones that kind of played the role of does like the actual literal construction of the way the yeah. the system works? I mean, it, it was all hands on deck. Like I gave a lot of feedback. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Like that's not how it works in this industry. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like there were, there were some things that like, there was definitely some, a learning curve of like how rentals work in, in the industry and what protocol is and, and what things we can kind of make our own rules. Like, cause right. you know, we, we adapted some of our own stuff. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there was definitely some things that like that this flow doesn't feel right coming from me, but yeah, as far as the design and like the, the, the flow like I actually remember us sitting in like um, we were in Vancouver for some some conference or something and, and we just spent the whole time in like our hotel conference room just like literally writing like the FAQ of like share grid and then like the terms and then also like building like our flow chart um, wow and and so it was it was awesome because they needed me to tell them like yeah this is not how the f- this doesn't work or what happens when this happens like you're dealing with filmmakers. <laughs> right, right. You know, but then they're like coming from Groupon where it's like, gotta be two clicks or less. And like all these crazy rules I've never heard of. I don't know if it's two clicks. That's so, so they, interesting though, to think like that perspective from a Groupon aspect, yeah. like it's so interesting <clears throat> yeah. to bring it in. No friction. Like the, 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 and, and you go on the site and it's, we're dealing with insurance. We're dealing with right, which money, is, equipment, IDs, a lot of really sensitive, important things, and it's still a pretty painless process. It's 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 remarkable, you know. I mean, I I I I'll, I take some credit, but like Jesus, like they they're brilliant people. So when you go like starting a business that eventually is like taking on capital, you know, how, what is that process like? When you guys finally felt like it was in a place where you're like, all right, cool, we we know for sure this is going to work. We need X Y Z to complete it. Let's go chase money. Yeah. And then hopefully spend that money, not only to fuel you guys so you can yeah, quit your jobs. Yeah. Because when they, when this started for them, were they, they had already left Groupon? No. 
They were still with Groupon when they started their thing. Oh, yeah. Or like doing other jobs. Yeah. So then everyone was like shaking hands and we're all dipping out of our jobs once we can get this money and and start focusing on it. They left a little earlier. Yeah. uh, Than I. Uh, But then I, I... I wasn't ready yet. Like I was, I still had some jobs and I knew also financially that like, you know, starting a startup, even though we were funded, like we weren't taking great salaries. Like I knew I was going to take a big pay cut. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like we agreed, like we not going to be selfish. We're not going to take a lot of money that needs to go back into the company. The company needs to grow. So I was like, all right, well I need a little runway to like work as much as I can this year to just, put away money right um so i i mean i like worked up until like the day yeah i was just shooting a lot um and then yeah july july i went went full-time so is it is it i guess when you start something like that is where do you guys have to throw the most of the money at is it like coding and shit or is it more so about like talking to lawyers and figuring out how insurance policies can work and well, we were advertisement we were very lucky with siavash early on oh right because he was a lawyer so yeah that's sick (laughs) <laughs> that was like, most people don't do that. I, I think, I don't know, most companies, I, I don't know, have a, he's our COO, uh, and, but like to have like a, a law background. Is he still like, practicing law? Like is he? St- he, he's full-time with us. He's okay. just, he's just our general counsel right. now. He's our, he's our lawyer. Sick. Um, but he handles like terms and, you know, if there's issues and partnerships and contracts and everything like that. And, and yeah, dude, going into this new market that's never been done before. And then also an important thing is the insurance. Like we right. found Athos insurance. Actually, I, I found them. I was, we were, we were getting laughed at by insurance companies because we were like, we, they had this landing page. At, I think it promised insurance or no, maybe it didn't promise insurance, but we had a survey where we asked people what they wanted and the number one thing was insurance. They're yeah. Like, gotta have insurance on this. Right. Thing. Like everything's gotta be covered. We're like, oh, okay. Well, it looks like we have to figure out how to cover people's equipment on this marketplace. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment for some people. It's a, this is like crazy. Yeah. So we were calling like all these insurance companies and um, sorry to call them out, but they laughed at us. Like they were like, no, this is, you can't do this. In fact, one of them, I won't say who, accidentally forwarded our email to one of their colleagues with us CC'd and was like, can you talk to, they didn't say this, but basically the attitude was like, can you talk to these assholes? Like they're, 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 I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like they, they basically had like, they were like, like real like LOL. I love or, that. Like yeah. they're basically trashing us. Right. And didn't know that we were CC'd and we were like, oh, thanks buddy. Um, so then I can't remember how, I think through they like just Googling, I found Athos Insurance, which was this like, boutique insurance agency company in Pasadena um, who had uh, who was in the film world they, they do events they do insurance for everything and they were like the first company to like already dive into building like an online insurance platform for their website and we're like this is what we need so we set up a meeting and we agreed to like you know right away she saw it she was like yeah this is perfect for us like we we, we wanted an insurance company to partner with, to have a seamless process on our website so that when you're renting, you can buy a policy through they, them. Yeah. But, but the problem was, is back then everything, nothing was automated. It's still to this day, like the fact that there's fax numbers at, in like the, the, the foot of like some of their emails, like is, re, 
mind blowing to me. Like they still use fax machines. Um, and they still were definitely using fax machines back then. And it was like a really slow process. So no one had an infrastructure back then to like, um, integrate with us to, to, to automate insurance. But Athos did. Um, they had, they, they already had some proprietary stuff on their website where you can buy a policy. So it was kind of like the first steps. Then we just kind of built an API where their, their system and our system talk mesh. Yeah. Which was like six months. Like we were ready to launch. And then when we realized like we cannot do this without insurance, we, we held off on launching for about six, six to eight months to build this thing, which had so many bugs and so many, you know, problems because it's like it had never been done before, but we had to make sure that it was working properly before we, we, we launched because we're dealing with real time insurance for really expensive equipment on rentals that are happening like tomorrow. Yeah. There's no room for air. No. And people are renting on Saturday in their underwear at like, you know, 10 PM, you know? And so like, how do you build a system for that? Right. So, so that was, that was a challenge, but I, I, you couldn't, we could have not found a better partner. Like, at, like how sick at, is that, that all the old, like have been in the game forever yeah. are saying no. Of course. They and are. then of the new wave meets the other new wave yeah. and can form a perfect yeah. partnership. Yeah. Cause I, it, it was, it was Kat and Eileen. They're, uh, you know, it's pr- president and vice president of, of Athos. They're like sisters to me now. They're like, love them. Um, they, uh, they're forward thinking. They're younger, you know, they get it. That's sick. Um, and they were like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's try it for sure. So we, so we, we had, a, we, we made a contract and, and we signed it and just started working together. So, and that was, and that was, Ooh, 2014, maybe, or maybe early 2014 right? or maybe spring of 2014. We started working together on yeah. that. And then, you know, January, 2015 is when we launched. And I'm sure <clears throat> as they grow with you, they're learning so much about that, what they can do on their, their oh, capabilities. Yeah. It's probably sprung for them. For sure. And they, and they've grown, like yeah. they've moved an office and they've, I think tripled their team. I mean, they've, they're, they're, they're killing it. That's sick. And, and the cool thing is their, their policy on share grid isn't tied to share grid. I mean, we want you to use it on share grid, but it's a policy. So right. you buy a policy on share grid through Athos, you can use it anywhere. It's, it's a legit insurance policy. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's great for them. How do you feel like in, in the years, is there a lot of claims that come like, do, are people breaking gear? I feel like when I rent yeah. gear, I'm so cautious. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I'm terrified that I'm going to ruin someone's shit. Sure. And sure. I, I'm accidents do happen though. So are you guys dealing with that a lot? Is that pretty Not common? a lot. I mean, it, yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't happen as much as I think people want to think I, I, I think I actually, I know that it's just, it's just a nature of production. Mm. Like I know rental house owners, I I've worked with rental houses. They're dealing with the exact same problems. Right. They're dealing with, um, broken gear from either, you know, there's people who are, who, who are inexperienced maybe. And, and, but then there's also, we've had claims from like union commercials, where they dropped a camera or, right. or something broke. I mean, yeah. or a filter, whatever, something happens. It doesn't matter. Like, sure. in fact, we actually ran numbers a year or two ago thinking that like maybe our student, like student films were causing the majority of our claims. And it was the opposite. Wow. Like students are actually really good. I'm not saying all of them, right. but there's been claims from students for sure, but, um, it's not the case. Like a lot of professionals have problems. So, so yeah, I think it's just, we've adopted, a 
uh, trait of the industry, yeah. which is shit happens on set, things break. Mm. And we have thousands of rentals a week now. And so, yeah, things get busy when there's claims, but that's just, you know, we have more rentals than a rental house. Right. So we're dealing with more claims than a rental house. So, so how is that? Has it, has it been interesting being a person that utilizes rental houses often and then this being a pseudo competitor? Is it like a weird? No, no, because we, uh, for the longest time I've said we're not a competitor. We were never going after rental houses. Like maybe we've taken some other jobs, but my goal, my goal was to never, um, put them out of business or, mm-hmm. or we wanted to help them. We want to work with them because they bring, they bring a level of, of, um, expertise and customer service that, you know, renting out of someone's garage can't do. Right. You go to a rental house, you have gear that's been prepped and checked and you have a prep floor and they buy you lunch. And if something goes wrong on set, they, someone comes the next, you know, within the next hour with a new camera. I mean, right. it's like, Top level service, like customer service at at a good successful rental house is like the best. Yeah. So, um, I knew that we were going to piss some people off, um, but that's because we're just the new kid on the block trying right. to change things up. Yeah. But I, my goal was, and, and our goal was never to just like, you know, push them aside. Like Uber, I think was a little different because I think Uber came in because like the the taxi cab thing was just like a. a for, I guess a broken system, a, a really old system that just wasn't, wasn't enjoyable and it wasn't convenient. Yeah. And rental houses, I think we're, we can be more convenient than rental houses. They have things that are wonderful that we want our users to experience. So uh, for the first couple of years, yeah, we had a couple rental houses that dipped their toes in and use share grid, but um, now we've got over 90 Damn. And, 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 and not just camera, you know, there's, audio and uh lighting and grip and um you name it yeah uh, rental houses that use us because we also provide a, a a marketing uh tool for them like we market them we are a way to market and bring in new clients and um and at the same time they bring a level of service that we want people to have right so um but yeah as a dp you know i have some rental houses that I went to regularly and the, you know, the owners there would give me shit when I'd come in and it was all in fun. You yeah. Know? I mean, they knew what I was doing and, right. and I told them too, I said early on, it's, it's going to be indie filmmakers and it might not be your market anyways. So right. we weren't taking much other work. I mean, now we're getting big jobs. Um, but now the rental houses are on share grid and they, right. get, they get to get those big jobs, but it's a little easier for them now mm. because of what we have in place. So that's really cool. But yeah, it was, a it was a little, a little challenging. Is it do, <clears throat> out of all the aspects of it? What is what's been your f- most enjoyable part of ShareGrid? Aside from like the stories, the people. Yeah, just meeting people. Yeah, this right, right. Meeting you and through Chris and yeah, hands down. Like I've met, I I had a really good network as a DP before this that I was very fortunate to like work with and, but dude, like just meeting. Oh my God. I've met some just, uh, first off, insanely talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like some, some like hopefully lifelong friends, like right. people that I just have over for dinner and like I have, you know, parties at my house and like they're my, my good friends now. They come over right. and I met them through ShareGrid. That's crazy. Um, and I hear that across the board. Um, users all the time like have 
collaborators that they work with all the time because they met through ShareGrid. Wow. Or someone reached out to them through ShareGrid because they saw their reel and they wanted to work with them. Or yeah. It's a buddy down the street that they never knew lived down the street, but then they rented a lens from them and now they're, you know, best friends. Um, I, I hear it all the time and it's like, man, that's the best. It's the best Super cool. feeling. But, it's for, but so for me as founder, I, or co-founder, um, just meeting them like for better or for worse, if they have an issue or they're happy, just like being there with them and walking them through it and then meeting them at an event or right. helping them out on a shoot or whatever. It's that's the best. Two questions. One, as an internal team, how do you guys manage your workflow? Like we're, we're always testing shit out over here, sure. trying to figure out how to use different applications that could kind of sort it. What do you, what's like your favorite part about the way you guys communicate or how do you guys go about communicating to kind of keep everything in order and not lose yeah. track? Yeah. We, um, we have Slack. Yeah. Which everyone and their mother uses Slack now. Um, we've had Slack for a while. That has been pretty essential. Mm-hmm. Um, having all those, we have a million channels for everything. Right. But there's a lot of integrations with Slack, so you can have. You know, we use Intercom for customer service. Okay. Um, we use Zendesk for claims, and all those are integrated. And Campaign Monitor for emails. <laughs> yeah. There's so many third-party websites. Um, Block Score for ID checks and. They all integrate with Slack, and we communicate through all of that. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of services out there to help keep things going. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just learning more and more about them, Dude, like Trello and shit. And I'm yeah. obsessed with Trello right now. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's other things I should. I mean, Slack, honestly, I <clears throat> I hadn't used. I, I know a lot of people have suggested it. That is great, and I didn't know. It's awesome. If you have a team, I mean, a, a lot of productions are starting to use it. Um, it should like it should be on every production. It's like I don't know why. It's, Makes too much sense, dude. Yeah, it's it's crucial. It's right. it's essential to have. Um, but I'm seeing more production companies are using Slack, mm. um, and that company's like whew, companies are worth billions. They're they've raised so much money and they're just still using it. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but Slack is like I can't live. I could. It was like it was Slack. Um, intercom and then we had base camp then we switched to asana and now we're doing notion <laughs> uh those were like the bigger picture like to do's like if you had to do's or like goals for the week or the month right that's what those the tasks right that's what those base camp asana and notion there's three different companies that's what those were for right. we've gone through all three of them cool um but slack is like more day-to-day and intercom was like is customer service hmm. second question both completely random. How does ShareGrid make money? Because <laughs> to me, I, it, I guess I never even paid attention when I because yeah. it'd be for productions and shit. So I'd be like, oh, we need this lens or this and that, and that's how it would get rented. But I'm assuming you guys take like a service fee. We do. We take uh, from the owner of the gear. We take fifteen percent. Got it. One five, um, and then we take uh, a small five um, percent fee from the renter. Got it. Yeah, and that I mean. It's a fair trade. Yeah, it goes towards all the ID checks, the insurance, right. and there's just a lot that goes behind the scenes to just make a rental happen. So to keep it going, like yeah, we have to charge something. It, it's a it's a it's a fair fee. Do you guys do advertisement or anything like that on your site for like no. you said for produ- like rental houses? You guys would no. We've thought about it. We've been approached a lot by brands like, right. to put you know advertisements. Um, we. It's a tricky, sl- it's a slippery slope because we want the user, the user experience to be clean and sure. 
with no interference or no distraction. Right. Um, and that's also just, you know, Marius and Arash, especially Marius is just, he's so good at design and the flow and the look. Mm. I, I think it's like, we, we don't want to kill that, but yeah, I mean, maybe at some point we'll do advertising. You guys aren't app based, are you? Not yet. Are you moving that way? We will. It's on the roadmap. It's like, you know, the number one requested yeah, I'm feature. Sure. Uh, uh, it's it, again because Marius and Rosh came from a mobile app and building a website that is like mobile friendly. ShareGrid, like if you like, you know, on your iPhone you can like save a URL as like an icon on your yeah. If you do that it, and you open it, it's like you the same. you're like in an app. Right. It's like you open ShareGrid on your phone. It almost feels like an app. It's yeah. like it's pretty badass. So like we need an app absolutely, um, but. I, we've been able to like wait this long and build out other things because the website is so well optimized right for kill that for and then, mobile right yeah yeah, yeah. then but it's on the me- it's absolutely something that we crowd pleaser do yeah we have to <laughs> um shit this was really good how how long has it been this is we we did 147 so far what? this is nice yeah and i still got q a but like, we're saving I that like, yeah there's other things what i uh, i mean fuck dude you've done so much shit it's crazy and what's hilarious actually and I'll, i'm not even gonna lie to you me and dave were sitting there and i'm like looking at your credit list and then he's like how old is he and i was like man i don't know he's gotta be older he's gonna be older and then i looked you up and i'm like you're like three are you 30 Four? 33. 33? I'll be 34 in June. Yeah. yeah, you're three years older than me, dude. I was like, this. Yeah, he's got to be like yeah, but 50. You, but, but, you, but you know what, though? It's like I look at people and they're leaps and bounds beyond me. Like my age and younger. Yeah, man. And like I, I know, dude, there's like the talent out there is... It's nuts. It's scary. There's DPs that are 25, 26, and they got agents and they're just killing it. Yeah. Directors. And so, yeah, you know, thank you, but it's like it's all relative. It's right. like, you know, there's so much talent. All your work on your Instagram, is that your, your photography is that are these stills from, I, shoots? so if you scroll, if you scroll way back, it's like, if you go really far back, it's just my iPhone, like whatever I find. Right. And then I got to a point where it was just like photography or like travel photography. And now I'm doing like that plus like stills from projects. Right. That's kind of becoming like a little portfolio place for me i'm trying mm. to I'm trying to up my i'm so late to it but i'm trying to up my instagram game right i'm really late to it, it, it your shit looks fire though i'm Thanks. just like all right Thank this you. is clean Thanks, man. um what would you say before because so have you heard of patreon speaking of like uh interesting apps that help a lot of people have you heard no. of this service so it's um we just like you're the second test of me doing this basically but okay. so we have this patreon page and basically patreon set up the guy that started it's like a youtuber who made music yeah. or he was a musician that used YouTube to distribute his music and was sick of ads playing in his shit. And they started taking all the ad money. So he built his own platform where his fans could subscribe to him and contribute monthly basically or per video. Oh, um, just to chip in like a buck here a month <clears throat> from this person because I really want to see this person keep making their art. Um, so he built a platform for like artists basically to share their work and be funded by, their community or their fans or whatever you want to call it. So we dove into it just as a way to like help fund black window cream. And so then we use that as a way to be like, Oh cool. If you come here, you could have like exclusive, whatever it may be like for the podcast comes out a week early to them for contributing stuff. So now we're trying something where we do like, I'll do a Q and a with you where yeah. I can let them ask questions, but yeah. that'll just be for Patreon, which we've never done before. Oh. We just let Patreon people ask, but now okay. we're like doing it on there. Okay. So basically the podcast is going to end and then we <clears throat> go to Patreon. But oh, I wanted sweet. to ask you before we get off, out of all the jobs you've done, 
what's like what what's one of the most memorable jobs that you've had for it could be for any reason mm, good question you've traveled the world you've shot like the most like the biggest brands you've worked on the craziest yeah. jobs um oh god there's a lot there's like it's like a five-way tie but um i i did a job for travel channel for this show that actually didn't go anywhere which sucks but i traveled to like 10 countries for like two months um and i got to pick my crew so i like hired three of like my really good friends (laughs) sounds so sick (laughs) it's like the the best it was amazing so like i was traveling the world with three like really good friends and like shooting like beautiful stuff um and uh and yeah that was that was cool from just like the travel aspect i mean the the show wasn't didn't become anything but right just to have that experience yeah that's on, pretty incredible on someone else's dime of course was, was great but um uh yeah i'd say that or um i don't know man i mean like i've got a funny story if you have time for it yeah really quickly yeah uh it's just because it's memorable just because it's like now it's it's just so funny to talk about um uh back in the mad tv era of my friends um Jordan Peele yeah. was on like the last season of Mad TV and he was like, you know, people knew him. I was like, I didn't watch Mad TV and I was like, I don't know who this dude is. Right. And he, um, had a script for a short and he gave it to my, my buddies, Adam and John who worked at Mad TV. And they were like, yeah, we'll, Boardhead Brothers, we'll shoot this for you. And they're like, all right, we're going to shoot the short for one of our cast members from, from Mad TV. Uh, and I looked him up and I was like, okay, he's a comedy. Right. And like, if you watch his stuff, he's like, a, he's a goofy. So I was like, and it was a serious, like, like creepy short, which is his style. Right. And I was like, what the, like, okay. So it was like, a, it took place in like a deserted town and we found one, um, asked for permission to shoot there. They didn't get back to us. We still went there anyways, which was trespassing. Uh, <laughs> so we like, we got this cargo van, got all of our gear, Jordan Peele smoking weed in the van, like, like at five in the morning with us. And this is like 2009, by the way. Um, and driving out to the desert to shoot this short. And like, we start and like, dude, like the first, like couple of shots are beautiful. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. His performance is amazing. It's like creepy. Like I could tell right away that like, this was going to be something special. And then like, here, knock on the, the door. We broke in. We like broke into like a like a deserted house. Basically. Oh shit! <laughs> and it was like the guy that manages like the whole property of this deserted town. And he was like, "Cops are on their way. Like, what are you guys doing?" So we we like gave him money, and he like called off the cops. But we had to get the <laughs> hell out of there. And we have this footage. And I've asked Adam and all my friends, "Where the hell is this footage?" Oh god! But like, cut to you know, ten years later, and look at Jordan. Dude, Peele. I would that would and be so doing. cool. Yeah, it was it was like a it was a it was a short just starring him. And it was like all of the tones of like funny, creepy, weird, like ahead of his time, horror. Man. Yeah, it was all there. And so, like, I'm calling it now because I bet you he will have a feature at some point that's going to do with like a post apocalyptic. It was a post apocalyptic story, and with like a dude who has like a doll that he talks to. I love this. And maybe I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> He's like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like, that was the story. And so... So cool. Yeah, so like, I I wanted to tell people that because I think it was just like, it's just a funny 
thing that never happened, but like you know, but, but my point is, you never know who you're working yeah, 100%. with. One hundred percent, never ever know. And I wrote him off. Like I'll admit it. I was like, Psh. but then the second the camera was rolling, I was like, oh no, this dude's talented. Right? He's smart. That's he's, crazy. He's smart. He's a really smart guy. Don't be too quick to judge. No. no. You should ship him a drive. Find that footage and just ship it to him. I even, one of them has it. One of my buddies has it. That uh, would probably blow his mind. I want to see it. That's I so cool. It so badly. All right. Uh, before we switch over to the Q and A, the Patreon Q and A. Um, I always do this thing where if people listen this long into the episode, yeah. you made it, you're a trooper. Um, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll let you pick a hashtag, right? So then I tell everyone to go to your Instagram and okay. comment on whatever the most recent Instagram post you have is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tag me at Ben Rovers world so that we both know that they made it because they're using a hashtag that they would only know if they listened to this. So it can oh. be whatever you want. People pick some wild shit. Oh man. Um, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of something with your name in it. Don't you? It doesn't have and, to include and, me. It could be and, whatever you want. But it's got to be. Very, it's got to be unique. It's got to be its own. Yeah. Its own thing. Okay. Uh, you got to help me with this. What I can't. People, what have people done in the past? Um, hey, what did Justin just do, Dave? For his big bags of Kush or something? <laughs> he had just gotten done smoking a lot of weed, so I was like, his. You know, everyone has some random. One of my friends that uh, directs documentaries, he was like, he, he didn't know what to say, so he's like, I don't know. He said Trump. I don't know. I think that's his hashtag. Is Trump IDK? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably actually a pretty popular yeah. hashtag. It like, probably is Trump. I yeah, don't right. Know. So it ranges, but I cannot help you. I cannot help you. You just come up with it. Um. Oh man, dude, you put me on the spot. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm always proud in these moments. Let's do hashtag Brent Mambo Italiano. Whoa. Is that good? That's great. Yeah? That's fucking solid. Cool. <laughs> That's super solid. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, make sure to follow him. What's what's your Instagram handle? Brent Barbano. Oh, okay, cool. So or Barbano. Barbano, yeah. yeah. It still spells the same. So just, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do that, and we'll know. And then what do you got coming up in the future that people can expect from you? Um, lots of share grid. Lots of share grid. We're doing some pretty pretty cool stuff coming out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got commercials in Atlanta next month. Um, and then a couple shorts over the summer. Nice. One short that I'm actually writing with a buddy of mine that I'm going to try to shoot Sick. this summer. Um, and then, yeah, and then that's it, I think, right now. Takes place in Syracuse. Uh, that'd be the goal, man. That'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, this was fucking awesome, dude. You yeah. killed this shit. Thank I appreciate you. you coming on. Thanks for having me. Everyone, look it's up fun. Share Good if you haven't. Check out his work. It's amazing. I'll Thank obviously you. preface this in the intro, but um, Thank you. incredible, dude. Thank you. This is fun. All right, cool. Audio only they're not audio only it still has video but you get what i'm saying i gotta figure out how to how to segue out of this shit yeah to the patreon only so we're gonna end it here and then start there are these are these gonna be the questions that were on the facebook page yeah so i'll ask you some of those questions tough you read through them yeah some of them i don't think i have an answer for yet well we'll get to it brent barbano Man, episode 83 is a hell of an episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you learned anything, if you had any takeaways from this episode, please, please, please jot those three takeaways down and DM me those or post them on your story and tag me. And Brent, that'd be cool so we can know what you liked. Um, Again, the Patreon experience is available. It's 
a great Q&A experience. I think we talked for another 25 minutes. So if you guys want to hear about that, he talks about traveling the world, how to travel the world with his gear, just different different types of things. We, we jumped into a bunch of different stuff in the, in the Q&A experience. So patreon.com slash blackwindowcream. You can uh, unlock all the Q&A experiences there. It's new. We're trying it. I think it'll be cool. Um, shop BWC to get some merch. Leave some reviews if you can. And... I think that covers it. Yeah, 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 that does cover it. We have a bonus episode on Patreon as well. Every month we're gonna add a fifth, a fifth uh, morning roast. We do four publicly on the on right here on YouTube and and iTunes and Spotify. But if you want the fifth one, it's on Patreon. Hell yeah! All right, cool. Appreciate everyone listening to this. Uh, next week we have Rome Ramirez, motherfucking singer of Sublime. So if you want to hear this shit, that's crazy. Tune in. Uh, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I love you. See you next week, you bitch. bitch, bitch, bitch.